I'm also the kind of person that when I, if I have to use the microwave for any reason, I run out of the room so I'm not in there when the microwave is on. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dyser, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. Responding to you in the comments section. We write for CinemaSins and TVSins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Today, what does that mean? Does that mean you're not going to say another word until we get to the comment section of this podcast? Or does this mean you are literally right now responding to comments on YouTube? That's what I'm doing Okay. Right now. <laughs> I figured it meant the second one. <laughs> I I just realized that I hadn't gone to see comments from uh, last week's Behind the Sins episode on oh, nice. our YouTube channel and so um rookie was talking about how in the middle of the rant about youtube pushing body types Mm -hmm. you know and and i was like going on and on and on about that for a a hot minute last episode Mm -hmm. um apparently an ad broke in at that point to talk about what type of food that they would eat asking about body types wow like youtube knew the conversation and the ad gods were looking in upon that moment and then um, Charted Studios responded that the same thing happened to them, too, during that particular part. Isn't that insane? Targeted advertising. They're kind of missing the point there of our conversation. but uh... right. I feel like maybe it's <laughs> just picking I'm up hungry. on keywords. So now I, I want to say, like, waffles, 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 bananas, and just see if maybe that there's something that happens. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds good. If you just got an ad for banana-flavored waffles... Please let us know in the comments below. That sounds amazing, by the way. I would eat those up. Hey, do you want to talk about uh, kind of the plan for the podcast on YouTube? We haven't really talked about a lot of that, but I know you're excited to kind of do some interaction, a little more interaction on the uh, CSPN YouTube channel. CSPN, by the way, is the CinemaSense Podcast Network that Behind the Sins is a part of. And mm-hmm. there is a YouTube channel that you can, quote unquote, watch the podcast. I will warn you, you're listening to them um, <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, yeah, there's no, there, there's no like visual of us right, right. recording the show. Although I hear you, I see your comments, I appreciate them. And I, and I do hope that we will do something very public for the BTS recording at some point in time mm-hmm. that you all can watch and enjoy. Yeah. Um, but for right now, yeah, we have a YouTube channel where we uh, air all of the episodes from everything on the CSPN network. So that's Syncast, the interviews that we do um, with uh, directors and, and actors uh, in the industry. There's also like mini pods where we review different things. Um, I'm missing some too. But anyways, we, and then of course, Behind the Sins is there. And we're going to experiment very soon with uh something called premiere mm-hmm. which is essentially where we will be live with you guys in the chat and everyone can pile in on the channel and watch slash listen <laughs> to the next bts episode there on youtube and when i say the next one i'm not talking about like next week i will tell you when it happens we will tell you when the first one's going to go live but we hope to start to do this regularly where we like maybe we'll release it at noon on a Thursday and everyone can pile in on YouTube and watch it together and be in the chat along with myself and possibly, you know, maybe uh, Jonathan or Aaron can pop in from time to time. 
So we're really excited about it. Yeah, just kind of keep you up to date with uh, some of the different ways you can interact with what what we're doing. Uh, we've also got Sin Week coming up. We've announced publicly a lot of what's going on with that. That's happening again in March. Uh, I think the 20th through the 26th, somewhere around there. And we're going to have live stream for all our Sin Club members uh, each uh, Monday through Thursday of that week. We'll be doing different stuff, including po- live podcast recordings where you will see us on video. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so thanks to all our. Oh, you'll sin- see. You'll see part of me. <laughs> you'll see the the upper half of Jonathan's uh, <laughs> face. Uh, so yeah, you, you can uh, you can prepare yourself for that. And uh, my shoulders. <laughs> we had a staff meeting yesterday, and Aaron suggested to. This Jonathan, is going to happen. I, this is. I'm going to make this happen. So yes. He suggested that Jonathan. So he has a pop filter that covers his microphone that subsequently also covers most of his head and Aaron wants him to add like an extension of the pop filter that looks like a fence so yeah. he looks more like Wilson from what right. is that I don't show? know how to do Home that improvement. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, if you just, know how to do that send it to just me make but a, make it a, make it an art project uh with your daughter <laughs> yeah. And just yeah. just cut out a paper and you know paint it like a fence, uh, and then it'll go on the other side of your microphone, right? <laughs> so your voice will go through the pop filter to the microphone, and then on the other side of the microphone there'll be a, a fence uh, that just covers up the lower half of your screen. I just think that's what we should do. I think it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. What if it? What if it's made out of like popsicle sticks and sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, pipe cleaners that holding it all together. It'll be yep. great. Yeah, just have a little art project, you know. So fingers crossed that'll be something that you guys can see during Sin Week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like we said, we're hoping to do something. I don't know. I, I would hope to do something more consistently where we can go live. Now, maybe not like during our outtake section because we really talk about a lot of stuff that doesn't even make the show. But maybe once the show officially starts, we could do something. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I think that 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 is definitely a possible future. Um, If you are a Sin Club member, Sin Week's going to be awesome. We're going to do three bonus videos for you again. Uh, We just dropped another Sinmentary where we uh, do live video commentary over a Sins video for the Sin Club members. Uh, just yesterday so lots of fun stuff going on there again if you're curious about all the the perks and everything that goes on in the sin club that all happens at patreon patreon.com slash cinema sins is where you would go for all of that and thank you to the amazing sin club members uh who are already there and uh having fun with us so yeah if you're interested you can check it out there um you guys okay you guys don't need to talk about anything before we head into the show or do you have anything on your your hearts or minds that you need to need to express no. Okay. I mean, I think think I'm okay. I did not dip a donut into coffee this week, so I Great. should be good oh, to wow. go. Great. That's good. That's good. Yeah. No. I want banana waffles now, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Instead, you've got hours and hours of podcast reading recording that you're going to be doing. So let's just get into it. Uh, we'll start with this inside scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a secret. I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that man. I'm going to take a look at the videos from the week, the processes of, of sending them, and how we felt about the stuff we are sending in general. Uh, kicking it off with commercial sins uh, with the Super Bowl coming up. We decided to do a Super Bowl commercial from fairly recently. This was the Groundhog Day spot uh, for the Jeep uh, that uh, Jeremy wrote on. So this is a Scott script. And um, I've never I've never been a Jeep person. Danae, you're a Jeep person, right? Yeah. You've got a Jeep. I do. So, yeah. I've test driven a few, but I've never purchased one. 
what is I I feel like the like the Jeep world is like well, this kind of like club and I'm just you know once you've got a Jeep you're a member of this crazy club. It feels well, I know that the way. reason we test drove them was because at the time, as far as SUVs went, they were a little more reasonably priced. Um, but I don't remember why we didn't get one. But yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there definitely are people that are really into Jeep. There are people that are really into Jeep. I wouldn't say that I'm a Jeep fanatic. I did not get a Jeep to go off-roading. I got a Jeep so that in the chance that someday I needed to, I could. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I wasn't an off-roading person, but I realized and recognized that I am the kind of person that will look at patches of grass and think, hmm, yeah, I kind of want to go over there, too. <laughs> kind of want to drive in that. Kind of want to go in that. Um, I thought maybe it was like you're the kind of person that's like, the apocalypse is coming, and I need a vehicle that's going to get me through all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a 19... No, I have a 2005... 2004 2005 Rubicon, which... Nice. Basically is a, a Wrangler, so it's just like the little square. It's not the extended cab. It's nothing fancy. Um, and then there's this button that you can press, and it locks both of the axles front and back so that every tire rotates at the same exact time, which allows you to do more intensely focused off-roading if Isn't needed. That, is that not just four-wheel drive? Four-wheel drive is a little bit different from what I understand. But the Rubicon was created for, uh, now this is me going from memory, so for the those of you who are listening who are hardcore Jeep fans, apologies if I get it wrong. You can tweet at me They're and tell me how I'm the wrong. Club. They're going to kick you out. You can, you can write to me and I'll correct myself next week. But I believe the Rubicon was actually created for Laura Croft movies. Um, so, of course, that meant that I had to have that particular kind. Um, but yeah, so I have a Rubicon. It's It's apple green. And my husband drives it. He loves it because it's real tall. Uh, it's a five-speed, and it's awesome. I've We've had it for a long time now, and it still drives really, really well. And that's the thing that when I was looking at them is I talked to a lot of people who had Jeeps, and they said that they're just really good vehicles that hold their value, and they they just keep going. Yeah. So, And that's the case. Our Jeep is still going strong, and it's so fun to just take the hard top off you know put the soft top on in the summertime and drive around without you know a yeah. roof that's just fun to me As that's was... that's the better that's the better angle on the groundhog day thing to me than what they went with is the idea that jeeps like are the same every like they'll be around forever yeah but instead they went with the idea that no day is the same like yeah which is kind of the opposite of groundhog day so like i just don't understand why they didn't go with like you know, the Jeep will be here every day, dependability kind of thing, if they're going to go with Groundhog Day. But I don't know. I'm not well, marketing person. Well, that would have meant person. that the, the commercial would have been showing an old Jeep that you can't buy new anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Because <laughs> it would just be the old Jeep that you've had for a long time. Yeah. I just wanted um, to point out, because I've been, I was told a million times, it felt like uh, when Aaron and I did Tomb Raider sends videos is Lara Croft. <laughs> yeah, I almost I almost mentioned it. I was like, how did you pronounce that name today? Because boy, the comments are going to look Yeah. yeah I think I, I think I very clearly said Laura Croft, got, not yeah. Lara. Yeah. We got raked over coals oh, yes. for, oh, for very, that. Yes, oh, very shit. much. Yes. Um, okay, well, everyone just calm down. <laughs> uh, Jeremy said Jeep Groundhog Day. I probably wrote this a year ago when it aired at, at uh, last year's Super Bowl, it was inspired and in, um, 
no, it's insipid. That's a very different word. Yes, insipid is very much different than inspired. Yes. Very, very different word. I'm very nonplussed by that. (laughs) Did I use that right? It depends on how you meant it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it means. So It was insipid then, and it's insipid now. It's as cash-grabby as an actor ever got. You know what I need to do? I need to make this bigger so I can actually read it. Mm -hmm. Guys, I'm a a 90-year-old woman over here. Um, it's as cash grabby as any actor ever got, including Jeff Bridges doing a shit version of the dude the year before, or was it two years? It's unfunny, uninspired, and I cannot fathom who would buy a Jeep because of this fucking bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel, Jeremy. I mean, as a Jeep lover, I don't know what was going on in the commercial. I was just salivating over the beautiful Jeep. So I've I've wondered that though. Do like, it's kind of like, you know, hiring high price talent to voice uh, animated films. Right. Do celebrities really sell things? Like I, I I mean, and is there a way to prove that they do or don't? Hmm. Because I would think it, yeah, like you said, Danae, it would be how the Jeep is displayed, right? You don't care about Bill Murray. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't in that in that particular commercial. Um, I've always been curious about that. Like, yeah, I guess there, I guess there is there must be research that proves that they do. But I think it's about eyeballs, right? I think yeah. the the idea of celebrity is no, about no, no, it's about jeeps. Aaron. Okay, yes, I'm sorry, I thought this was an eyeball commercial. I got really lost there <laughs> for a different. second. No, I think it's about getting people to watch. And that's why they do it in animated films. That's why, you know, they can put the name on the poster and then people are like, oh, I want to see that because I love such and such. And so the attention that comes with having Bill Murray in this commercial doing Groundhog Day, people are like, oh, I love Groundhog Day. I love Bill Murray. I have to see this commercial. You'll get more people talking about it. Yeah. And then once Mm -hmm. you get more people watching it, you have to hope you did what it takes for them to, you know. Make sense like the brand or like the guess, movie kind of thing. Yeah, I guess it's the same equivalent of like a more popular TV show. Well, I mean, this isn't really as much of a thing now, I guess, because TV, uh, the networks aren't as big, but a very popular like, you know, Seinfeld at its height would, you know, get more ad revenue than, you know, a lesser sure. sitcom yeah, totally. because more eyeballs are on Seinfeld. They're more yeah. likely to watch the commercial. It has nothing to do with Seinfeld's not selling it, I yep. guess. So I guess it's kind of a take on that yeah, totally. idea. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I thought this was really funny. Um, do you, uh, Jonathan, why don't you go first? What, was some, what were some of the sins you liked from uh, from this one? Uh, I just the calling the commercial a double blowjob to capitalism, which <laughs> is I'm, I'm assuming Jeremy wrote it, right? So mm-hmm, that, that yes. felt very that felt very much like a Jeremy thing. Nothing spells Jeep like spokesman on bicycles. <laughs> that down too, yeah. I had and that then, one. This was I, I I would have if I had never known Jeremy wrote this, this then would have been like, yep, this was Jeremy. Why are there fucking fireworks on Groundhog Day? <laughs> if you look up like who tweets the most about fireworks, I have a feeling it's Jeremy. It might be. It might just <laughs> or complaining be. about fireworks. But he's not wrong. No, 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 no. no. I, I agree why, with him 100 percent. It's just why are there fireworks on Groundhog Day? Why? Yeah, well, that's like we always joke. Like if you're in like the suburbs or whatever, it's like any excuse to light a firework apparently is a okay. Yeah, because it's insane. Uh, I also liked no one has played with this concept in the last thirty years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, great originality, guys. Uh, <laughs> I liked uh, a game called Whack a Mole, not Whack a Groundhog. Uh, and then just going off on the yeah. the amount of you know holes in the machine, that kind of stuff was great uh and then no day is the same in any vehicle it's called life 
uh, <laughs> it's just such a great. This is this may be my favorite thing about commercial sins is just the opportunity to call out like the BS that is marketing slogans. Mm-hmm. Like that they just they mean nothing. This slogan means nothing. Like there's uh, he's absolutely right. You know if the slogan is you know no no day is the same in this vehicle. Like what does that even mean? Of course no yeah. day is the same. Like it's just it's all about trying to get, gain some sort of emotional attachment and well and it's yeah and the way they emphasize a word and mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's yeah. crazy. Today what about you? You guys had them all. Nice. All right. Well, let's move into TV sins then. Uh, we'll start with another Rick and Morty, Rickle in Time. Uh, this was a Dicer Watkins script. Jonathan and I writing on this one. Um, we've said all there pretty much is to say about Rick and Morty. We're obviously uh, ticking yeah. a bunch of these off. Um, it's a good show. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, uh, this one specifically... Um, is the one where they split timelines into eventually yeah. about 32 different uh, sections. I love this kind of stuff really tickles my brain. I enjoy this kind of stuff. So these are the kind of episodes I love in Rick and Morty. They're also I, the kind of episodes that are really fun to sin, I think. I agree. Well, and I I will argue, and we actually take a sin off for this, that the, the Jerry uh, Beth storyline is kind of funnier than, yeah. than, the, than the main one. It's yeah. kind of sweet, too. You yeah, actually get to see maybe more of the wholesome side of their relationship mm-hmm. in yeah. a way. That's true, though. That's true, because he ends up helping her out at the end and stuff. Like, he he's the one that comes through. Yeah. Uh, which you don't see that often. Like, you know, Jerry, it's usually the other way around. No, so. they, they really lean hard into, this dad's an idiot on this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. On the show, in general. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I mean, we can go right into the sins. Uh, if you like, Danae, since you uh, didn't write on this one, what were some of the ones you uh, you pulled out? Uh, at the very beginning, just questioning how everything's frozen in time. Why would you need yeah. a vacuum or how would you breathe? That was a fun way to kick it off because it does call into question some of the silliness of the plot in, in a way. Right. Um, but done well. Like, I wouldn't have thought about that i don't why think, would you need so. to wash their clothes what, what yeah. dirt is frozen in time too like they're like yeah it's it's kind of one of those things and especially just after tenant had asked a lot of these questions about time and how time works and the fact that like in tenant when they go backwards in time they have to breathe backwards oxygen because it's different than forwards oxygen like you know there's <laughs> when you mess with time things happen so yeah when i started even thinking about like you could really get into this like if it's if everything's frozen would the washing machine work no like, that's I what guess, i'm saying why would yeah, anything I mean, you know mm-hmm. be, become out of time that way yeah yeah so i like that the just how it was questioned i thought was really fun naming your animal hospital animal hospital <laughs> like, cracked me up um and then the, the the other one that really made me giggle was when she reaches in and pulls all the guts out, and it just says, Deer survives this. <laughs> that was just a really, it was a funny spin on it in mm-hmm. a way. Cause, yeah. you know, usually, I don't know, it's just, I, I really thought that was clever because there's genuinely no way that that deer I love that bit too. Survived. I love that scene because I don't remember what Beth says. She's like, by the whatever, I will save your life. And she's pulling all that shit out. And the other doctor's just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really is a good episode. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? Uh, I liked whatever this is, just like when <laughs> the arrow was pointing in the fridge. Uh, I we got I we got Aaron to do vanity. It's definitely my favorite sin, which was fun. I had that down to talk about because uh, it is one of my favorite things as a narrator when people are like, okay, 
you know, do this famous line, imitate it, that kind of thing, or like sing this song. Like, you know, the goofy stuff is is some of my favorite stuff. And yeah, I went back and watched that scene and, and kind of listened to the delivery and you kind of did my By version. By the way, so. you have to watch Devil's Advocate. I yeah. had no idea you hadn't seen that movie. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do need to watch it. I've heard it's like I've ridiculous been... fun. So Oh, it's so oh, it's good. But and it's Al Pacino and Keanu right. Reeves. Totally. I mean, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um but yeah, no, you did a great job. Uh, the narrator's concern that people won't be able to learn how to put a license plate on their car. <laughs> um, and then I also always love this stuff where it's like, uh, and trust me, that stuff transfers or so I hear. <laughs> I always like the or so I hear sense. Yeah. Uh, and the, I mean, the cord maintenance. Um, oh, yeah, that was great. Which we actually got, a, I think, a tweet about that, right? About somebody tweeted a picture or something. Of, yeah, there were yeah. there were, there were some tweets. There were definitely <laughs> yeah. in the comments people were uh, both pro and anti uh, going after him for that. This is is oh, definitely, one of, <laughs> definitely one of my pet peeves. And uh, I think I have it in keeping tabs to talk about a little bit. But okay. Um, but just cool. the the idea of calling him a, a cord jumbling chaos monster, yeah. uh, people really well, you're just like t- getting so upset too. I like how the narrator gradually gets more upset. Like, he has a bottom <laughs> cord on the top on the highest level. Or, yeah, no, let's just talk about it now. I just, I, you know what? Let's just talk about it now because that honestly, to me, I it came from a very real place of dealing with children who just have no concern about where they plug things in, yeah. and it's just like. <laughs> You know, there. I, you are going to more effort to plug this in in a like yeah. an inconvenient place than to just plug it in the near. Like the the highest cord comes from below. Who takes a cord from below yeah. with strips like that and goes, "I'm going to plug this all the way up here"? What kind of human being are you? Like that is just. I yeah. I I felt this one. I really felt this one on a deep, <laughs> well, deep parental we- level. I mean, with our job, we have cords going everywhere, right? Uh, especially like you and today, because you guys have more of a studio setup than I mm-hmm. do. So oh, yeah. it's yeah. like you, you kind of almost have to learn how to do that correctly. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's been many times that Aaron and I have uh, undone and redone our cords so that it's not a brain. It it hurts my brain and it hurts his brain. Well, too. Yeah. I'm glad we're both the same way because like in our house... For example, I just cannot look in my husband's office. I can't look at his cord situation. It is literally like a, here's a cord, there's a plug, plug it in. It doesn't matter if it goes and weaves through five or six others. Killing me. Oh, no. And and, and there's sometimes, too, where it'll just... I can't. I can't keep going. It's I don't like want to hurt a, anybody. It's like, is that a Christmas story? Yeah, it is because he's plugging the lamp in, and they uh-huh. just got like yeah. that one <laughs> box, and they've got like eighty plugs in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, so he he has he has a thing too where um some of the plugs go into like this uh rectangular port thing so that he can mm-hmm. have more ports yeah. and that's just dangling in free space and then there's more underneath it. Mm-hmm. So and I'm, I, I I'm like no 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 you have to put that on something so it doesn't hang there and pull on your cords. Yeah. So it's there's all of these different triggers. Whereas for me, I'll try to like wind them up. And then wrap little zip ties around them to keep them nice and tight, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and, you definitely do more than I do, but that's really cool. I wish I had that uh, instinct. It, it it's definitely a benefit for some circumstances, uh, mm-hmm. and and a pain in the ass for others. But overall, if if they're all tucked away where it's not insane when you pull it out, it's not like a big nest. I mean, a lot of it can't be helped. But I for sure am the kind of person who will look at. 
pictures of people who go into those um, uh, rooms at offices where they have all of the network cables coming in for mm-hmm. like major corporations and then they redo them to where they're all really beautiful mm-hmm. and I'll just stare at it in awe for like three minutes. Like, wow. Look at what they did with these cords. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause I am, I'm just that person, I guess there is. And I know not every cord is an electrical cord, but we're specifically talking about plugging in, um, you know, electricity. And that is one of the emerging technologies that I'm so excited to eventually have a breakthrough in. Uh, and they've been close on a couple occasions, is wireless electricity, the idea of transmitting electricity through the air. Uh, you know, wireless chargers right now are the things that you plug in, but then you put your items on them. That's not what I'm talking about. Wait, I'm, would I'm, our hair just be like standing up, yeah. though? That's, that's immediately what I thought of. But I'm also the kind of person that when I put them, if I have to use the microwave for any reason, I run out of the room, so I'm not in there when the microwave is on. <laughs> Like, no one's ever had a microwave death, but you don't want to be the first. <laughs> I don't know why. Actually, so I, I should say Do you do the same thing for radio? Like, you know, when you turn your car radio on, you freak out that the sounds oh are coming through the air? That is amazing. So for, for you to describe this world where I just imagine myself constantly walking yeah. through electricity charges, I'm like, I don't, like like, that I don't no, know if I, I like I'm that. I'm not a fan it of that. It would just be that. like... It would just be like your Wi-Fi. Once you're in range right. of your home, your phone would start oh, charging. Now, you know, now like... you've got me terrified of Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was magic. Anyhow, I'm excited for that day when we don't have to <laughs> plug everything in. Wi-Fi does like drive my mind crazy when I start trying to think about. Sure, like, oh, I know. Of course, anything. And I, and I know there's a basic. But like, there's a fundamental way it works. But I just, I'm not that guy that could create sure. that. So. Of course, yeah, all that stuff is. I'm is glad it works. Wild. <laughs> um, did you have any remember others? We had to remember we had to put we had to like go over the phone line, or <laughs> we had to have a cable attached. And yeah. oh my god, yeah, the the removal there of cables. There are kids that are never going to know what that. My daughter's never going to know what that is. Like, no. she's like, there was not Wi-Fi. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wire. Yeah. Wireless information. Um, did you have any others, Jonathan? Uh, no, I did want to admit, I mean, I don't, I don't want to take everything away, but I did like at the end where you decided to do the, um, the, oh shit, the, where you were separating yourself, I guess the narrator was getting separated. Oh yes, because the narrator was indecisive about whether or not to give us in. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's a fun, I like doing that. I, I, fun Mm -hmm. little winks at the show, you know, to finish off the episodes, I think are, are a lot of fun. We do that uh, on occasion. Uh, I also liked the OIC oh, Rick is an anti-masker uh, yeah. sin. I thought that was really funnel, uh, funny. Um, the uh, I haven't seen a timeline reverse butterfly effect this hard since the Red Grin Grumhold <laughs> episode of the X Files is Which, one of my favorites. That was great, but we also didn't play the I know, the audio, so I know. like you just get that or you don't. <laughs> Which I, is beautiful, and I may continue to use it. I I love <laughs> the idea that there's this inside reference. Uh, like if I'm if I'm in a place where I'm trying to think of a metaphor or a reference for something, and it's just not coming to me, I may just go with Redgrin Grumholt, uh, because it's such a beautiful get out of jail free card. You know, um, it's a good are, thing. I don't. I mean, it's terrible, but those are my favorite Rick moments, or where he's just given the kids shit, especially when it's both of them. Like I like when yeah. Summers included, and he's just like, oh yeah, you guys find that funny? Yeah, I made that up. Start thinking for yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> great uh very fun very fun all right let's move on to another instasin uh ladies and gentlemen we are instasinning wandavision and excited to start 
getting those before you. Uh, we'll start with the first episode filmed before a live studio audience. This was a Dicer Watkins script. Jonathan and I writing on this one. Um, let's talk about WandaVision. First of all, uh, this is, like most instances, going to be a very strange world for us where we are talking about stuff we send a couple weeks ago, and now there are three more episodes, you know, yep. since this one. And I'm, I watched, I actually watched the episode four before we recorded this morning. As did I. Oh, yeah. I did not. Oh, Danae. Oh, Danae. no. Hey, Danae. guys, I'll be right back. Give me about 35 <laughs> no, no, minutes. No, 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 no. We're not going to talk nope, about nope. it here. Hey, no, I'm going to no, watch. we're not going to talk. I will say, I, I just, every week I get, I, I love this show. I do, too. I, I, I really just, do. I, I will say this. I think that this show could, I I don't know how they're going to end it, obviously. Like, I don't know how they're going to end the season. And I think some of that, this how good the show ends up being is going to be very reliant on that, possibly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still think, regardless, I can still look back at these and be like, oh, that was fun. But if they shit the bed, you know, at the end, I, maybe I won't like it as I'm much. I'm sorry. Is that a possibility for real? Or is that a <laughs> saying that I'm that, that was a meta. That was a, is that a metaphor? No, or simile? it's a colloquialism. It is a colloquialism. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Kalika uh, here on BTS. <laughs> Kalika, I hate, hate the, I'm helping my my daughter with ELA, and they're doing metaphors and similes, and I'm so bad. That's one. That's one yeah. writing thing I've never been great at defining. Yeah. So same. Anyway, yeah. but um, but I'm but so far four episodes in, I've liked every episode better. I think. Yeah. Or or I'm definitely I I'm keep going like what is going to go happen next, and especially the one that I watched today. Wow. Holy um, cow. Like <laughs> the, the tension that's being built is really interesting because yeah. because we're doing it week to week, it's a tension that builds and then it goes away because you're not watching it and then it comes back and you're kind of in this like Yeah. This you're in the sitcom world where everything's happy and then you remember, oh, we've got some tension building here, oh. like and it ooh, builds and it comes back. It's like a wave. And can we can we talk about the sitcom it. world? Because I think that's one of the most impressive things about this show is I, I think it would be really easy to just go super broad with it. And right. Just do like a straight up parody. Right. But this feels like yes. a sitcom. This and it, Elizabeth Olsen is absolutely killing she's it. She's amazing. She's incredible. <laughs> I like I that is you're absolutely right. It is that thing that is so tricky, the balance of paying homage to something and parodying it but also yes. being a great example of that thing yes. that is very hard to do um i think of like uh Shaun of the dead or hot fuzz are good movie examples of that uh the yeah, edgar galaxy Wright quest stuff. uh scream is a sure yeah, yeah scream's yeah. a great example of it too but it's very difficult to do but yeah. in, in we'll try to stay focused on this first episode because that's what we're talking about and we'll talk yeah. about the others as we kind of get to talking about them on the show but that first episode is such a perfect dick van dyke episode like it could yeah. be an actual dick van dyke episode with or or like characters. a or like a show copy in dick van dyke like dick van dyke's popular so this yeah. is like some you know one but of the other networks mean, even released that, a show like I, I, again i'm a, obviously dick van dyke yeah i, I don't know if i've said it on the show but is my favorite tv show of all time like on my, i've never seen an episode of dick van dyke ever on on my actual list it is you my have now because you watch season <laughs> one right. episode one of wandavision <laughs> but that is the dick van dyke set that that literally is their living room and kitchen like that it's it's laid out the same way the stairs mm -hmm. are in the same place the door opens to the same, you know, kind yeah. of living room idea. You know, the uh, he famously trips over the ottoman in the opening credits, but instead, you know, Vision walks through the ottoman. Like it is the the level of detail that they are 
in acting here is brilliant. And then the fact that they pull off the tone, the the uh, the way it looks, the way it sounds, like I just I was blown away. Yeah, the scene where you decided to take a sin off where she's talking to Catherine Hahn and yeah. she's trying to explain what the what the anniversary or what the date means and you know, she's doing that not exactly. I mean, it was just like, oh my God, like that's Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it's crazy. It's so and good. Catherine Hans, I mean, Catherine Hahn, Catherine Hahn's a little more on the comedic side for sure, but she's doing a really good job as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's so much fun. It's also interesting because as much as it is a sitcom, it still is a look back onto what was more commonly acceptable in different eras of yeah. our entertainment, but mm-hmm. also how entertainment influences reality. And so you're seeing, I, I'm loving looking at the the costuming, the mm-hmm. hairstyles, the expectations of how people are interacting together, the expectations of, you know, supper and, and, and who's doing what. And I don't know. It was, it's, it's fun because this is the only way that I would watch Dick Van Dyke. This is the only way that I would watch, you know, any of the other parodies that we're seeing. I don't go back and watch those older kind of sitcoms. Right. Um, and so... I don't mind it. And I also, in a weird way, I trust Marvel. I am a Marvel fan. And yeah, I have too. been me too. since Iron Man came out. Like, I think if there's any movies that have been most influential for me as a movie watcher that I will go see, it is the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I rarely have missed a Marvel movie because I find them to be really well made and entertaining and interesting and intriguing. And I like how they're all kind of intricately tied together. This experiment with WandaVision is us being able to 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 live with these two characters a little bit more who would not be getting a ton of screen time if it was a major motion picture, right? Like it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to kind of play with their story. We get to learn more about their interaction, their uh, relationship. Um, and, and we get to kind of ask questions. And if you don't know their story, it makes it really interesting. And if you do know their story... It's even more meaningful. And I do know their story. And so it's very interesting to be like, ooh, this is where we're going. You know, this is what we're watching. But to see how they're giving the information to us and giving those clues about why Wanda is doing what Wanda is doing and Vision is there and what's happening. There's still a lot of things I don't know. I don't I don't understand the parameters of the story like I think many other hardcore fans might. Uh, like we're seeing this through the lens of sitcom uh, we're seeing the story of Wanda and Vision through the lens of sitcom and and the mystery developing in this way. I just kind of know more of like the brushstrokes or like the bullet points of their story. So I don't know. I'm I'm super yeah. in for this. I'm having the best freaking time. And I'm That's not ta- good to hear. I'm on, I'm on episode three, so I haven't caught up to episode yeah. four just yet. But this first one, I didn't know if I was going to be into it or not. This one didn't. This one didn't capture mm. me quite as mm-hmm. much as. All of the sudden, episode well, there, two, I'm like hook, line, and sinker. Well, there's a reason they released the two ep- first two episodes together. A hundred percent. Because I think they knew if they spread out those first three episodes over thir- three weeks that mm-hmm. they may lose some people. And so I think yeah. they wanted to get to episode four as quickly as possible. Not going to spoil mm-hmm. anything for you, but episode four is definitely a shift in the in the season. And so, yeah. uh, so I think they wanted to get there as quickly as possible while still being able to play creatively in this space. And mm-hmm. I, I think that was a really smart move. And, uh, but yeah, but I, I dug it. I mean, of course I dug it because I love Dick Van Dyke so much. Like it was just, yeah. it was, it was just pure amazingness. I, for I'm, me, a, I'm a Dick Van Dyke fan too. So, I mean, I, I, I totally get that. But like, just like 
I can't tell you how much like I'm geeking out over this show, like this and Mandalorian for that. Because it's like it's like I when Disney Plus. I know they've had other shows, but like smaller shows. But the big thing when they announced what they were doing was the Marvel and the Star Wars shows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're two for two at yeah. least so far, right? Right. Um, and also just like like Danae was saying, being such a Marvel person, and like I mean, I've been reading the comics since I was a kid, and. Just seeing all this, like the idea of me being like 10 years old and thinking, oh, yeah, in like 34 years, there's going to be like a show about uh, Wanda and Vision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they couldn't even get a freaking Spider-Man movie off the ground you right. know, at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just absolutely insane to me that e- even the stuff that doesn't work, I'm still like, I'm still like, oh, but there's a Venom movie? Like, what? You know, it's I, just like, I, it's hard not to be a kid again. And that's what these... Disney Plus shows are kind of bringing back, which is so much fun. I keep uh, thinking that Marvel really almost accidentally accidentally themselves into a really genius thing. Not even accident, but they were kind of forced yeah. into it because they sold off their biggest like heroes, right? Like they sold off mm-hmm. Spider Man, they sold off um, um, the X Men, right? Like so they they sold off these parts of their thing, and they were forced. To tell yeah. stories about you know comic book characters that you know most of us the normies known. They were, didn't even yeah, know they were popular to comic book readers, but right. outside of that, they weren't like it, pop it cultural. Feels, like they weren't Spider Man. They weren't touchstones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, like it seems really weird to say now, <laughs> but the only Marvel character in the MCU that I was even vaguely aware of was Captain America, and I didn't really know yeah, much about him. Yeah, for like sure. you know, like Iron Man was completely foreign to me. Yeah, nobody, even Thor, yeah. I, even Thor, I was like, well, I know like the the god Thor, but I don't know the comic right. book Thor. Um, you know, and so they have really kind of found themselves in this beautiful place where they're able to tell intricate stories about new characters that are connected yeah. into this bigger universe. And now they get to play with Spider Man, right? And now they get to play with X Men now that they're back. Um, but you Fantastic know, Four and Fantastic Four, right? They sold off Fantastic Four as well, so. So it's just been, I think they really kind of lucked into a genius idea, which is taking things that people don't know and, you know, bringing them in. Whereas DC, on the other hand, still had their big hitters. And so their first big big thing is Batman v Superman. And it's like, well, we kind of know Batman and Superman. So, you know, and it feels a little yeah. more forced and a little more, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. I remember when Guardians of the Galaxy was announced, and I was just right. like, oh, they're, doing a, they're doing a Guardians of the Galaxy right. movie. I was like, I bet, I bet they're not going to do Rocket, though. And then all, then I hear, oh, Rocket's going to be in the movie. I'm like, and then I see that trailer, and I'm like, oh, my God. So anyhow, like, I think, they just went for it. I, I think that's what we're seeing here now on Disney yeah. Plus is the ability to even expand that further and to go a little bit more into the intricacy and what yeah, makes the connectedness so cool. It's chapter storytelling instead of it being a movie storytelling. Right. And so there's an ability to kind of play with with uh, the us, the watcher, a little bit more and kind of say this is the first chapter. So the Dick Van Dyke chapter for me was a little bit bland. But mm-hmm. you're right. If you're going to be just able to binge that second one and get that taste for the mystery a little more, because it's more on the nose. The mystery and yeah. the building tension is more obvious in episode two, whereas in episode one, here we just have like that moment at the dinner table. One scene at the end, yeah. There's that dinner table situation, and it's just like everything, you know, the camera kind of tilts, yeah. and it's like, you know, like, hey, this like weird, sort of crazy, creepy thing going on, and, and you're like, what is happening? And it sits in it just long enough to where you can kind of brush it away and mm-hmm. wonder if episode two is going to be 
just another sitcom. Like you're not a hundred percent sure what the tie in is going to be. And then it becomes very obvious. And I love that they, it's more obvious. It's more on the nose. Yes, Cause we see some things here in episode one, for example, the symbol of the, um, I, I don't know the organization, but there's a symbol that, that shows up at the end of episode one mm-hmm. on the screen, on the monitor. And it's the little sword symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, and that shows up in episodes as well, but it's very subtle. It's almost super subtle in, in one. And then it gets more and more obvious right. the, the the more you continue on. So anyhow, sure. I'm loving it. I would highly recommend. I think my mom and dad would love this because they like Marvel and they're obviously watch these sitcoms. So I think they would be super into this version. And I'm, I'm, begging my mom to watch and I'm experiencing what you have, which is telling me I would love something and I never watch it. So. <laughs> sorry again about that. <laughs> to By anybody, way, real... to oh, anybody who wants to watch Dick Van Dyke, I will just say all the episodes are on Hulu. They yes. are, if you have Hulu, they're right there. It is a wonderful thing to stream. They you also just throw show it on. It, and... If you have cable still, there's uh most people have the channel. I think it's, I think it's cozy TV mm. and uh, mm-hmm. there it's on Sunday nights on that. But uh, I do want to also mention real quick before we get into the video, Deborah Jo Rupp is a fucking all-star, is a rock yeah, star. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we just don't appreciate her enough. She's like a from, sitcom uh, that god. that 70s show, yeah. yeah Who is it? The mom from uh, the Deborah 70s Jo Rupp, show. she plays the boss's wife. She was on that 70s show. She played, oh, 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 She played yes. Kitty. And she was mm-hmm. also on Friends. She played uh, Giovanni Ribisi's uh, former teacher, mm-hmm. current wife, or however they did that. <laughs> Uh, and the the boss is a famous voice actor uh, yes. who is who has gotten into a lot of um, live action stuff as well. I forget his name, but he's great too. Um, really great casting. Man, I so want to talk about episode four. Like it's just mm-hmm. this show is so good. But we will take we will take it piece by piece here. So let's go into uh, the sins and actually the sinning process, which some people have right, rightfully said, and we actually have a sin right off the top about like we understand that this is difficult because we're dealing with mystery here and things mm-hmm. that you know might be sins now won't be sins later. We totally get that, but we're gonna send whatever we want because <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, um, that, that was one of my favorites. Uh, Danae, why don't you uh, kick us off since you didn't write on this? Dropping your wife. Love that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretending goose rhymes with lose. <laughs> and then the lobster that looks like a dick. Uh, and with this chicken hanging above it, it's clear that this room goes by the 1950s two cocks and clocks standard for interior and designing, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And then Austin Terry uh, at Green yeah. Arrow 07 tweeted at us and so said, great. my grandmother actually has a lobster thing like this hung up on. <laughs> and I always make fun of her. For its penis shape. So this is a long way to say I love the sin. <laughs> By the real quick though, that goose and loose one was really funny because Aaron wrote and when he wrote the sin, he actually wrote loose, which does rhyme with goose. <laughs> I did. So I was just like, I'm so confused right <laughs> now. Did. His note was so great. He was like, but doesn't loose rhyme with goose? <laughs> and see, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, oh my God, am I an idiot? Like, you know, because like <laughs> But he just added a no accidentally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Well, were you done today? I'm sorry. I yep. Oh, okay. Um, what did I have? Um, well, you already talked about the giving sins whenever the hell I want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did like, do you want herpes, Wanda? Because this is how you get ants. I mean, herpes. Yep. Uh, which Danae actually helped uh, massage that one a little bit. Um, and if I remember my pleasant villain correctly, this toaster has just masturbated. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I love Nate, that do you one. get that reference? Have you seen the movie Pleasantville? 
Um, no, but I had to look that up, and I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the yeah. the sitcom mom in that. It, it is amazing how much Pleasantville is in this show. Pleasantville Truman yeah, Show. Yeah. Like, there's there's really a lot of that DNA here. Um, yeah. but especially Pleasantville. But yes, the the very sitcommy mom <laughs> in Pleasantville uh, masturbates, and that's when she yeah, turns Joan into Aller. color. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that one as well. Uh, if you're even if you're making fun of laugh tracks, it's still a laugh track, which means it's still a sin. Um, and I just wanted to repeat that because in the comments, people were like, no, people yeah. were actually there and laughing. I'm like, it, it none of this matters. We're it's just still saying we don't like laugh tracks <laughs> we, regardless. doesn't matter how you did it. doesn't matter why it's there. It is unnatural and we hate it. Uh, <laughs> nonsensical. What's so nonsensical about take out the papers in the trash or you don't get no spending cash? I like that one too. Well, just the idea. Why would you call Yakety Yak nonsensical? Like it's just, it's a very straightforward song. But then of course I liked the, you know. Who put the bomb in the bomb to bomb to bomb uh, question? Yes. And which bomb are they responsible for? Uh, for that one. Uh, oh, and now you're using color in a black. Oh, yeah. We already did that. The Pleasant Villing uh, one. I understand Vision is some sort of fleshy Android AI thing, and there's probably some way he could simulate sexual desires, but it doesn't make me any less weirded out by it. <laughs> although it's still less odd than the sweater he wore in did, Captain America Civil War. Danae helped massage that one, too. She was all on top of the sex and herpes sense. That's, that's right. right. That's right. It's all, that's you got to go with your strong suits. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we actually went back and forth on how to describe Vision and eventually described him wrong and then changed it and that was my bad yeah so it was kind of one of those things where we knew we were going to get called out in the comments so we went ahead and changed it i I knew it was an android i said i just wrote down the wrong i just we wrote him as being like basically a robot slash android and and the more and then once i saw it you know coming through and it was being edited and you're looking at it you're reading you're like all i can hear is the hate comments because he's a synthetic Right. You know, whatever, but let's just go <laughs> but, ahead and describe him like he's described on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, and the herpes one was, I think we had coronavirus, and uh, it wasn't really working, but, yeah. you, you know, and then Danae is like, well, we can make it herpes, and I was like, perfect. <laughs> yep. When in doubt, herpes. All right, let's move on to music video sins. The weakened blinding lights, you have to pronounce it that way, the weakened, Yeah, there's, there's no... There's no E in there. I love this. This song is so infectious. It this is, very is infectious. like the earworm of 2020. I totally agree. It is. I think it is It is very, very catchy. I don't, I don't even know if it's good. but um, Well, <laughs> I mean, it depends on how you define it, right? If, yeah. if earworm means good, that means it's good. If it's fun to listen to, if that's, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. if you're not in the mood for yet another song dedicated to the beauty of codependency, then uh, then maybe you don't think it's oh all that good. <laughs> Uh, Aaron the... ruins music. That's yeah. this segment. And now our new segment, Aaron ruins m- music. You're like, just... what is that? Who's that guy? Is it Adam? Like, is, what's the guy? Like the guy that ruins everything? Like, he... oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is Adam ruins everything or something yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just you don't really ruin everything, Aaron. No, no, no just for you me, don't. it's just you like don't. you're 100 correct. More codependency. <laughs> I'm glad we all feel like we have to love people so much that we can't live without them. Yay, codependency. I was, but I guess I. I always I take it like an, especially this because I know he keeps doing these videos that run together. I, I kind of feel like almost he just created like this character. Like it's almost right. like a it's almost like a plot line. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I did do some research as well. Uh, yeah. And he has talked about it also being about drunk driving, which is really interesting because the idea he, his idea is that he is so in love with somebody and, and kind of drunk and feeling that he like gets on the road drunk and you know, pursues them. So there's like a danger to how 
um, attracted. Oh, like, like your endorphins and whatever. Yeah, and so like the yeah. blinding lights and that kind of stuff is like the danger he's putting himself in because he loves this person so much. Now, yeah. the song and even his interview don't necessarily even make it sound like that's a bad thing. Like, that's almost a good thing. Like, I love them so much I'm willing to drunk drive, which is a really weird thing to kind of, you know, go into. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the interview he says, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I don't want to glamorize drunk driving. And it's like, well, then just say you're not glamorizing drunk driving. Like, <laughs> why are you wording it like that? Uh, but uh, but anyhow, yeah. So he's he's talked a little bit about the meaning as well. But cool. yes, it is a very catchy song. Uh, I do not deny that. Yeah, for sure. I just, I was like, for like, cause I worked on this one and like, I mean, just every time I hear it, it's like for a week, I'll just be walking around the house going, do, 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 and my <laughs> wife's just like, God damn it, shut up. Whereas I'm walking around the house the last few weeks going, WandaVision, WandaVision, WandaVision. Like that is like the earworm that's in my head. <laughs> Danae, what are your thoughts on, uh, on this song? Oh yeah. You know, I listened to it. Um, <laughs> sure did. Do you want to just go into the sins? You know what's weird is I did listen to it and I just forgot to write down sure. any sin. I literally am looking for my sins that I wrote down and I guess I didn't write them down as I thought. So <laughs> skip me and I'll go glance through and see if uh, there's no, one good. You're that, good. I, I that stands wrote, out. I wrote down grabbing the first syringes of uh, Halperidol in Lorazepam, I'm going to say. And I only wrote that down because can you tell Barrett has uh, worked in medicine? <laughs> like, <laughs> I Wait, just, I wrote that. I, I'm kidding. I'm I, kidding. I just no. I didn't. Listen, you know what? I would th- I would be nonplussed for sure if you had. But uh, but yes, literally, literally I would, be literally, I would literally be nonplussed if you had written that. Um, I did not. But write it's that possible. One. He totally did. Uh, but yeah, I just always love how specific Bear gets about that stuff. I love that we use our you know our own kind of specific knowledge to impart on the the different narrators. I, I think that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I often use my, uh, my logistics and purchasing background. <laughs> I just talk about menstruation a lot. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, video ends on 34 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> that was funny. Sorry. That was a visual thing that doesn't work well in a podcast. That's true. That's true. Uh, video ends on 30 seconds of the weekend, Robert De Niroing, or maybe Johnny Depping, or possibly even <laughs> Ashton Kutchering. Uh, I thought it was really funny as well. What about you, Jonathan? Uh, I just like downtown Las Vegas. It's like, it's like, but I will say, like, I know there are people that love downtown Las Vegas because that's always the thing, right? You're going on the strip or you're going downtown, the downtown mm-hmm. experience or whatever they call it. Uh, so that that was just kind of funny. And then um, we have very def we have very different definitions of long enough, <laughs> <laughs> which is a college girlfriend joke just waiting to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and then I I loved his take on the beginning where I agree Zoolander was a funny movie because I think I wrote something there, but I went more directly towards like the Joker mm-hmm. thing, which it's clearly paying some homage to. I would think. Yeah. But yeah. I like the way Barrett took it. Nice. Uh, let's move into Cinema Sins. We'll start with Starship Troopers. This was an Atkinson share script, so Chris and Barrett writing on this. I think Chris had some stuff to say about this, so why don't we uh, let him kick us off? Yeah. Welcome to the show, Chris. Nope. You going to do a Chris <laughs> imitation now? Hey, and for no reason, I'm just going to say Chris never listens to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we found out Chris listens to the show occasionally. So <laughs> where he'd be on our oh best my behavior. God, that was great. I was dying. <laughs> Um, Chris said Starship Troopers is the movie Paul Verhoeven mm-hmm. made after Showgirls. 
This movie got him back to vaguely satirical sci-fi, much like he did with Robocop and Total Recall. The world he presents in Starship Troopers is a fascist, fascist, fascistic, fascistic, fascistic society where citizenship is earned through military service. And there's a big baddie out there, a species of alien bugs that humans have been taught to hate. I'm not sure it quite gets there with its satire. The... Would you like to know more videos are all darkly humorous and people say casual things like it's easier to have kids if you're a citizen and public whippings are normal. Even when they defeat the bugs in the end, there's a sense that the victory isn't as glorious as depicted, that the bugs were a peaceful race that only attacked once they were provoked. But it might have been nice to lay a better foundation for that so that you might be genuinely horrified at what the humans have done by the end of the movie. Let's make something clear. Denise Richards in 1997 was about as blazing hot as it gets. And I very much enjoyed writing sins, touching on that, not really leaning into it. But I had fun writing some uh, stuff somewhat related to it. Quote, this is a society that's obsessed with bugs when they're not thinking about sleeping with Denise Richards, unquote. And when Patrick Muldoon starts hitting on her in the middle of a football game that he's currently playing, I wondered what Denise Denise Richards' mace budget was back in 1997. That was a great sin. I also couldn't resist conjuring up wild things when she, Casper Van Dean and Neil Patrick Harris are walking together. This is a great threesome, but it's a Matt Dillon and Nev Campbell sort of wild things. Also, this movie has one of the funniest freeze frame moments when a guy is about to get shot in the face and they get a close up of him. And it's like a combination of CGI and bad molding of some sort. It may just be 100% bad CGI, but even before the head gets shot, it's the creepiest looking thing ever. But I think my favorite sin I wrote for this is talking about the green violin Jake Busey finds in a fun box that the military provides for the unit. My observation was that violins aren't fun at all. No offense to the violin, but just because someone makes a neon green version of it doesn't make it a two life crew CD. Another Can we talk sin. about the typecasting of Patrick Muldoon in the 90s, by the way? Because in this movie, sure, he free. moves Denise Richards from Casper Van Dien and more importantly and more what really should piss you off is he's the guy that took Kelly Kapowski away from Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yes. And, he was a bad man. And <laughs> yes, yes. Very much a bad man. Not that bad Zach man. Morris owned Kelly Kapowski. I, say, I don't want that to come across that way. And we're back to how media portrays women as things to be owned and passed no, around. I don't. I think Zach and Kelly ended up together based on the new Saved by the Bell. So that's good to know. So Patrick Muldoon did not Patrick Muldoon did not last. Uh I I think this movie is amazing. Um and I do think the satire is really tight here. I I this is so clearly about how fascism uses fear and those kind of things to keep order and to keep power and boy if you know if you can't see some parallels to some things that have happened in history, uh, you know, both a while ago and recent, uh, you know, you're just not paying attention because power always uses fear. I shouldn't say always, but it's just it's just one of the, the biggest tools to use is that there's somebody else who you should be scared of. And um, and that's why you have to be violent and fight and all those kind of things. So, yeah, man, I just I think the satire here is really tight. I, I genuinely think this is a great movie. 
I like it. Um, I I saw it back in '97 when it came out, and I quite liked it then. And I remember all my friends hated it, and a lot of people hated it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's definitely since then. I think it's become much more beloved. I think it's gone beyond even the cult following. Like I think it's. And and based on how the the video is performing and stuff, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people that really love this movie now. So I think I fall somewhere in between. I think it's definitely a lot better than what it got, like the attention it got in '97. I don't know that I'm quite there with you on yeah. how great it is. I will say, uh, I think the casting in this movie is a problem. Um, I, I don't necessarily dislike the actors, but I just I don't know. Casper Van Dien is not great in this. Denise Richards is not very good in this. Neil Patrick Harris is fine. Um, and I guess I like Dina Meyer, but I, I, I just think, I think the cast takes us down. I think the acting, or maybe it's the writing, you know, and what they were asked to do, um, I you know, just, takes it takes it down a notch. I do think RoboCop and Total Recall are much better movies hmm. and, and are much better examples of what he's going for. It could but be. I do, this is a good movie. It could be. I, uh, I think it's all intentional. I, I think the casting oh, it, is intentional and the writing is maybe. intentional. Um, I, you know, I think he's I just looking for cardboard cutouts. I prefer watching Peter Weller and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure, sure, I get I it. do Casper Van I totally Dien. get it. Uh, Danae, your thoughts on Starship Troopers? I have none. <laughs> Fair enough. Just, are you a fan of RoboCop or Total Recall, or have you seen them? I haven't seen a them. Lot? I haven't seen them recently. Oh, me? Uh-oh. Oh, uh, oh Aaron, him. Sorry. Of course. Why would you ask me? <laughs> I, I, RoboCop is is amazing like it's just like it, i need to watch I, I, it again yeah it's i mean talk about like it's one of the best satires yeah i mean it's just it's insane how good it is but Verhoven also it, interesting Verhoven's got a really interesting view on violence i think yes and on sex I yes. mean, this guy did basic instinct and showgirls and what's weird about starship troopers is it's kind of a combination of like robocop and basic instinct <laughs> <laughs> Or like show, you know, because there's yeah. a lot. This movie is very sexual. Yeah. Um, in a way that like RoboCop and Total Recall weren't, which is interesting. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of horned up, a lot of horned up people in this movie. Yeah, and again, I, again, I think he is processing through some of his own stuff. Absolutely. As, as well as making it satirical, and I think that's yeah. the way he's processing processing. A lot of his his own stuff is to go look what this looks like at its most ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Look how ridiculous this looks, um, and and he's saying that I think to himself and to culture yeah. in general. And I mean that's what makes great satire. Yeah, so. I, and I think it's good. I, I think it's a really good movie. I, I don't. I just don't think I'm quite you know to sure. the point you are. I will no, also say it's based on a Robert Heinlein novel, um, and Verhoeven hated the novel. Which I think you can Makes tell sense. if you've read the novel yeah. and watched the movie, because the novel is definitely more pro-war mm-hmm. type than, and the you know, so yeah. and there wasn't like a lot of sex in it. Yeah, <laughs> he added that. <laughs> he added the sex. Uh, Danae, what uh, were some of the sins that you enjoyed in this one? Um, I really liked the Rico sent uh, Carmen a cheap animation of them kissing, and then like, what a virgin. That <laughs> <laughs> <It> was funny. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And then the cadets being able to transfer willy-nilly, but just being able to say based on which direction their hormones were dragging them Mm -hmm. was just a nice descriptive. I thought Mm -hmm. that was a good way of indicating that this is a very horny movie. Um, And then the death from above tattoo. I loved pointing out that that's what a pilot would get and not somebody who's fighting from the ground. Right. (laughs) Just a really great observation. Um, (laughs) 
But one that really made me chuckle was nipple sucking. I mean, seriously, that's her first move. Uh, it just cracked me up. Uh, I liked um, Live. Wouldn't there be a huge delay due to how far Earth is from the other planet? The movie Passengers yeah, would good. like a word. Uh, yeah. Made me laugh. Following up the Rico with Suave and, uh, and mm-hmm. then explaining mm-hmm. it uh, to those who didn't live through the 90s. Uh, I haven't seen this foot. I haven't seen football this ridiculous since soccer. Was just yeah, that like was amazing. Biggest amazing burn ever. Uh, and then it's too bad you can't masturbate while immersed in formaldehyde. Uh, I, li- I laughed a lot at. And my favorite sin in the entire uh, video, because of just how many layers of meta-ness there is behind it, is, oh, this is the satire part, right? I got to be honest. I am terrible at identifying yeah. satire. Is just one of the most beautiful sins I've ever seen. Uh, Love that so very, very much. Yeah, there is. There's got. There's a lot of layers to that. It, yeah. That was, at least a lot of stuff came to mind for me that I guess we don't really have to get into. But yeah, uh, yeah. I no. guess the the. I guess the short answer is uh, some people that don't like us. Uh, right. Right. Just all the all. <laughs> well, I think the short answer is all the conversations about is cinema yeah. sin satire or yeah. not satire. And just to have a sin, you know, about a satire movie saying, uh-huh. oh, I don't really understand what satire is in a channel that people argue about whether or not it's satire. Or not. It's just beautiful. I just I love every, yeah, every layer I, of it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I had just uh, you guys took you guys said a lot of the ones I was thinking of, but I liked breaking up via DVD or via DVD, mm-hmm. uh, making people walking around, walk around your heavy petting. <laughs> The uh, the future envisioned by 1997 looks a lot like 1997, mm-hmm. and uh, humping the bunk I thought was very funny. Mm-hmm. And then the last one I had was, "Damn, every woman Rico looks for excuses not to be with him anymore, or every woman Rico hooks up with looks for excuses not to be with him anymore." When Dina Meyer was about to die, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Next one is Ready or Not. Uh, this is a Scott. Here I come. Oh, Scott Sorry. Watkins. You can't hide. <laughs> I'm going to find you. Sorry. No. It's great. <laughs> Anytime we can break out into singing, I'm all for it 100%. And I'm not even kidding. Uh, so this was a Scott Watkins script. Uh, Jeremy and Jonathan writing on this one together. And today I'm assuming you haven't seen the movie for many reasons. No. And I... I started to watch this one and I was like, oh, I don't know if I should watch this one. And so I just said skip on it. I kind of like skipped okay. through it a little bit. It was like, eh, you know, maybe I'm, not. I'm going to say, though, I don't know because of Samara Weaving's performance. I don't. And it does get a little vi- it does get violent. But I I think I think tonally, I think you would enjoy the movie from okay. what I know. But it's, I don't know if there are triggers in there. I'm not aware. I know. Of. It's hard for That's me on these, you know, especially when it's like. I, I think I skipped forward and saw a kid shoot somebody and I was like, okay, so <laughs> maybe it's not for me. I don't know. So I just said skip on it, but no, I haven't. It's seen definitely, it's okay. definitely not very serious. Yeah. I'm with Jonathan um, of any of the quote unquote horror movies that we've talked about. I, I mm-hmm. barely consider this a horror movie. It is, it is for me, it's a comedy. There's a lot of humor here. Uh, and even more than that, it's a, uh, it's a tension movie. It's a suspense movie. It's, you know, it's, it's a chase movie kind of thing. And that's, you know, that's different than, I mean, there is gore and there's definitely quite a bit of gore towards the end, but it's not. Um, yeah, no, this is a horror movie. It's okay that you liked a horror movie. Right? It's fine. <laughs> no, I, I know it is. <laughs> it's a horror comedy. 
No, I'm not trying to be uh, like genre police about oh, what, I know what you're is, not. I'm is, is, is or isn't horror. Care. I just mean like as far as like what I'm attracted to in possible yeah. horror movies, this has that stuff. It's got a great this sense would, of humor. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of tension to it. Um, yes. You know, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I think this is a this is a really good movie. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It was a lot. I liked it more. This was the second time I had, had watched it because I saw it in the theater and I really enjoyed it. I liked it even more this time. And and we talked about this in the video the ending of this movie is so great in so many ways but i think the main reason it's great is just because they actually go for it and you know i i feel mm-hmm. like this movie ends the only way it could but i feel like in some people's hands it would not have ended that way right yeah um they would have done something else and uh and jeremy which i guess he probably wrote something on this but that was my favorite thing about this was jeremy discovering how much he loved this movie <laughs> yeah yeah, Jeremy fun. getting excited about something is so fun. I yeah. know, and like he when he sent me the first combine, he just wrote, "I fucking loved this movie." <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's really yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, what did Jeremy have to say? Um, he said this might be the most fun I've had with a horror film since Cabin in the Woods. Samara Weaving's is that how you say her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, or his? I'm not sure. It's a girl. Yeah, it's a it's a woman. Okay. I'll say Samara Weaving owns this movie and does so from the start. As Jonathan wrote in The Sins, you cast a lesser actress here and this movie does not work. The full cast is great. The conceit, it's stupid, but the execution is fun as shit. Mm -hmm. It's bloody, spontaneous, surprising, and awesome. There are still a lot of stupid things in this movie and The Sins video covers them all. I mean, The Sins video covers them well. (laughs) <laughs> and all of them you know every single nice. one of them every single one of them. Uh, i guess my favorite sin is the one at the end i think jonathan wrote it where we say too bad she's going to jail forever or some such because that is exactly what will happen to her i particularly enjoyed breaking down the lyrics of the hide and seek song yeah. Which are stupid. That was a great. He did. He, that that did for some reason that irked him. Yeah, oh, that there's ending more. is. There's more. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. I just I have to copy this onto a word document because <laughs> otherwise all the the words are too small from Slack. Oh yeah. And it's just on a different page. He continues. And I liked mocking the family's shitty aim, but no matter the flaws or sins, I really love this movie. Another great example of a movie that has plenty of sins in it, but that is still awesome. And yeah, just an- yeah. another example that, that it doesn't mean anything when a movie has sins. Uh, Absolutely. So, He's yeah. right about that ending, though. Like, she is royally fucked at the end of that movie. Yeah. Because she's the only survivor <laughs> right. of, like, all these rich people mm-hmm. getting killed. Like, she's screwed. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's uh, in many... I remember this... Talking about this when... Um, kind of when it was out i forget which came first but knives out and ready or not are mm-hmm. really similar in a lot of uh thematic ways and they oh, end tone. on a, they end on a very similar note too which yeah. I, I just find really interesting no i i think that's a great comparison yeah um all right i'll uh Denise, so I'm, I'm assuming you don't have sins written down that if you just kind of skip through it and decided to, to do the skip thing so I will uh, mention a few that I liked. Uh, the movie works just fine, maybe even better without the flashback opening scene. Is such a great point, uh, and I agree one hundred percent. I I really, I, I it's becoming maybe my biggest pet peeves about movies is starting with something that ruins a fun surprise. 
Uh, and so many movies are doing the bet you're wondering how I got here thing where it starts at either the middle or the end of the movie and then kind of works its way back. And so many times those kind of scenes ruin what could be an interesting or fun journey. Um, and in this case, it it gives a lot of background that could have been better if we'd experienced it like she was. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wanted to mention that, Sam, because yeah, I totally there's nothing, agree. There's nothing about that that makes you understand anything better. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, there's something, I mean, I guess you're supposed to know what Adam Brody and his brother went through, but it doesn't change anything. Like, you get that through their performances as adults. Right. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, like speaking of herpes, everything is better with herpes. Uh, this is like having herpes and right before sex with a person you say, I'm giving you an out, but you don't <laughs> so say great. that the in is herpes. Uh, such a great point. Um, and I especially liked his delivery of the Adam Sandler line from, uh, from a wedding singer when he was like things that could have been brought to her attention yeah. yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. Uh, I, I feel like this family is cheating like a bunch of Astros. I had to give that a shout out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really hope they go into the reason why the family has all of the female staff dress up like they're about to shoot a Robert Palmer video. I bet that story Thank is you. simply irresistible. <laughs> Thank you. I, when I first watched the movie, that's all I could think of was they looked like they were right out of a Robert oh, so Palmer great. video. So it's I was so glad great. I got to write Sin. Yeah, that was really awesome. What were some of the ones, Jonathan, that you wanted to point out? Um, I, I just love the definitive sins from Jeremy. So in this one, we had um, no one in the mirror shot is in the same location in the next shot. No one. <laughs> I, just, I just I don't know something about the way he definitively says yeah. stuff. It's so yeah. funny to me. Um, I enjoyed just saying, go fuck yourself, half burnt face guy. I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> Um, his tombstone should read, he could take a kick to the nuts as well as anyone. Yeah, that was a good, that was, and I got to say, sitting in this movie that the, the guy, the, the guy she's marrying, Mm -hmm. it was like, we had to cut so much because we had too much. Cause it was just every three or four minutes. You could just be like, wow. This guy's an asshole. Yeah, the biggest like, flaw in the movie <laughs> is that we're ever supposed to care about him in any yeah. way, in the, and that yeah. she continues to kind of see him as uh, you know val- uh, yeah. valuable hero. Is I mean, a little weird. She's like flipped the fuck out. Yeah. So I mean, at least I guess, and she does kind of come more to a realization towards the end that she just needs to get the hell out of there. So I mean, you can forgive that to a point, but there's still like that part where she kisses him, and you're just like, no, yeah, no, like yeah. there is no way that you would do this. And the second biggest uh, flaw is just how noisy she is when she's trying. Oh yeah. To like, I'm just like, yeah. Anyhow. Yeah, but uh, and then um, or make the curse something else like gonorrhea, so we can just talk about all the STD sets. <laughs> That's right, Might um, as well. And uh, and choking the churny, I thought was a great uh, turn yeah. of phrase. Henry yeah. Cerny, much like Deborah Jo Rupp, is uh, is someone we don't appreciate enough. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Very well done. Love the movie. Love the sins video. Both things can happen at the same time. Uh, let's move on to keeping tabs. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk. Wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're. Okay. We're going to try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. 
The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the process of putting stuff together. Uh, I already talked about the uh, core jumbling chaos monster uh, coming from very real per- parenting experience. Uh, what did you guys have in your keeping tabs this week? Um, I'll go, I guess, first. Uh, I have a you done messed up, Joe Nathan. Um, <laughs> I don't know how else to put that. So no, I'll go with Joe it. I love it. Um, so, yeah. So rightfully so, it got pointed out that. I, I wrote a sin that we kept in about uh, them, in WandaVision, they walk through the, the living room chair. Mm-hmm. And I made this, I made the point, like, why would Wanda's uh, dress go through that? You know, because that's not part of Vision. But what I just, it was just an idiotic thing. I just didn't think about it. it she's the one actually casting the spell in that moment. So mm-hmm. she's making Vision able to walk through it and herself. And I just... I misread it and didn't yeah. think about it. Yeah, I didn't catch it either. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't catch and it either. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, no, that was definitely wrong, but you know, I it think happens. that would be you de- messed up B T M B team. B team. The thing is, I really should have known that because I've read comics and what, you know, I just really should have known that. And for some reason, it just struck me the other way. And it could have been the way they presented it. You know, it just. Right. Sometimes yeah. you just can't unsee something, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Um, I did also, I don't know, I don't know what of this could eventually be spoilers, but uh, I wrote a scene about Babs Digby. Mm-hmm. And because uh, they, at the end of the the show within the show, um, it, he Babs Digby is a character listed as a producer. And I thought that name was just so weird. I was like, that's got to be something. And mm-hmm. there's a ton of Easter eggs in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like, for instance, like the, the toaster commercial. Uh, vision is often referred to as a toaster mm. um so you have like an actual toaster and it even had the red dot mm-hmm. you know kind of you know so there, there was a ton of stuff in this show um but the babs digby thing i just looked it up because i was just really curious and there was a lot of interesting theories out there and they're probably all bullshit but um there was a 1940s radio program and tv series called the life of riley which featured one character named babs and another one named digby Hmm. Um, so they, so you could look at it. Maybe they were just paying homage to another show. But the other thing about that, that was weird was the life of Riley popularized the catchphrase. What a revolting development this is, which is a very popular catchphrase of, uh, the things from fantastic hmm. four. So some people are trying to say maybe, but I, I, I think it's probably the, the latter. I, I think it's probably the former that they're paying homage. I heard that it was a fantastic four reference as well. And I don't yeah. remember what that was, but there's, there's definitely a lot of theorizing yeah. going on right now that, that this is where we're going to start getting into X-Men fantastic four. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of Which stuff, would make, so. I guess would make sure. sense. Yeah. I think there, I think I very, I would be shocked though, if we didn't see them first in a movie, right? That'd be wild. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> but there's also there's a character. I think this was a little more far fetched, but there's a character named Jonathan Digby, uh, who was a comic book character. But the reason somebody brought him up was because in the comic he worked for Heart Consolidated, um, and of course within the show within the show Vision works for Heart uh, Computational Forms or whatever that company's called. Yeah, uh, Mister Heart was on the calendar, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, the, also, they mentioned director A. Brown, which was kind of interesting because A. Brown is a character from Amazing Spider-Man. I actually didn't know that. Uh, he was, I think, he was a like a student at, <laughs> at the school with Peter. Uh, but yeah, there's just there's a ton of Easter eggs as you would expect. 
But the Babs Digby one just kind of struck me as interesting. So I, yeah. that's why I looked it up. Today, what's your keeping tabs this week? I didn't write on anything this week, but I did look up something for WandaVision whenever I was um, uh, shadowing that script, which was essentially like, okay, so what exactly is Vision? And so I just wanted to read what it says on mm-hmm. marvelcinematicuniverse.fandom.com. It says Vision was an android who possessed a synthetic body, also referred to as synthesoid, made from vibranium created by Ultron with Helen Cho's help using the powerful artifact known as the Mind Stone to bring Vision to life. Just wanted to clear that up for everybody. Totally clear now. Crystal well, clear now. Super clear. <laughs> well, and what's interesting, I believe in the movies, they, yeah, it's it's Jarvis, right? Because um, mm-hmm. Paul Bettany was the voice of Jarvis yeah. uh, for Tony Stark. Yes, yeah, Stark uploaded the yeah. the last of Jarvis's code into a synthetic body and he became part of a whole new entity. Yeah, so in the comics, that's not really how Vision... I don't believe that's how Vision's created, but it's been a while. But I do know Jarvis is an actual person in the comics, or at least was. They, they could have mm-hmm. retrofit, you know, they do some stuff that match with the movies, but that was definitely something different in the movies because Jarvis was actually his like butler i have really enjoyed uh watching a lot of like youtube video clips of paul and his interviews that he's been doing since wandavision has obviously been gaining popularity and everything and one of the stories he told was the day that he was called to play vision literally moments beforehand had been told by one of the casting people or something like this in Hollywood that he would never work in Hollywood again. Like he would, Hmm. he was washed up, dried up and nobody was interested in him. And he said he walked out of that meeting and he sat down on the streets of Hollywood, like the boulevard type style situation and just put his head down in his hands and was just devastated. And like, and literally his phone rings in his pocket and it was Marvel saying, Hey, do you want to play vision? Good God. I just um, I I could never be an act like I'm not good at acting, but I mean I'm just saying I I, I could not live my it's life. It's brutal. Like, yeah, it's just a brutal thing. And so he he just laughed and he's like, yeah, of course. And he turned <laughs> around and just kind of like flipped the bird to the building and yeah, you know, went on with his career, which is now playing you know Vision in this new in this new way. And I just thought that was a really encouraging story. And it kind of reminds me even of another story that I'm um, hearing a lot about too of a. Um, Maybe I can use that for my Beyond the Sins, actually. Oh, I'll go and he do wait, that. Little tease. I'll just, little tease. I'll he gets that. to, uh, more that. importantly, he gets to wake up next to Jennifer Connelly every morning. So Yeah, that was something I didn't realize that he was married to Jennifer Connelly. And so I got to watch a couple of interviews of the two of them together. So that was cool. They're cute. He, uh, he I mean, is... I think she would have liked me better if she ever met me, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, Paul, Paul seems like a good guy. No, no, but yeah, no, they they seem like a really cool couple. They've been together for a while, I think, right? Well, they have an interesting story, too, that I learned from watching all those articles or all the different things I've watched. They met at a movie, I believe. They did a movie together uh-huh. and they right. liked each other, but they had never dated or anything. And then 9-11 happened and he was, I think, in Tuscany somewhere like that. Maybe that's where he's from or something. I don't remember, but he said he was in Tuscany, I believe, and he tried to get a hold of Jennifer like over and over again. And when he finally connected, he, he, in those, in that time frame where he couldn't reach her, he realized oh. it was because he loved her. And so when he called she her, lived, she lived in New York, I guess. Yeah. And when he, Aww. when he got on the phone with her, he's just like, Hey, I'm coming to you. Let's get married. And she said, okay. That's... And they literally had never gone on a date <laughs> wow. or anything. 
Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, I will continue the uh, Paul Bettany hour uh, by mentioning that he, if you want to see his more dramatic side, he was in a movie this year called Uncle Frank, um, where he does some really powerful acting. So, um, so yeah, I've heard, no, I've heard I've heard he's really good in that. I was just thinking in my head, it would have been really funny if you'd been. If you want to see more of his dramatic side, you should watch this little movie called The Da Vinci Code, where <laughs> yeah, I, I he plays an albino monk who whips himself. Yeah. Nope, wasn't wasn't or, gonna say that. Or what was that one where he plays the the it was the night movie? Oh, is he in? He's in. Um, is he in the one with Heath Ledger? Night Night's Tale is that yeah, is him, I, right? Because I used it in an outtake on the the next. Yeah, he's the. Mm-hmm. What do you call that? He's not a jester, like a crier or, maybe, or something. Yeah, yeah. He nice. like announces the. Which I didn't know right. until I was looking for outtakes. Well, I will go ahead and uh, add a keeping tabs here uh, just because I do realize when I was doing uh, research on the the stuff this week, uh, I did uh, stumble on some comments and some other stuff on the shower scene in Starship Troopers, the co-ed shower scene. I'm uh, sure you investigated that. I investigated it thoroughly. <laughs> and But I remember I had heard a story about the shooting of that scene. Yeah. And so I wanted to look up and see if that story is true. And basically the rumor is that while they were shooting that scene, one of the actors uh, said, if we're going to stand here naked during this whole scene, you should be naked too. And that he mm-hmm. shot the scene naked. Uh, and so I did look that up. And yes, he is quoted in an interview as saying uh, that he, I forget how he, here it is. So one cast member said they would only get naked if we did. Well, my cinematographer was born in a nudist colony and I have no problem with taking my clothes off. So we did. It's strange, but of course, Americans get more upset about nudity than ultraviolence. I'm constantly amazed about that. I mean, I haven't seen any sex scenes in American film that are anything other than completely boring. A bare <laughs> breast is more difficult to get through the sensors than a body riddled with bullets. Uh, so just another little bit of insight uh, to kind of how he thinks about things. And yeah, it was just, it was one of those things where I had heard it in my mind that that one of the actors was uncomfortable being naked and was like, I don't want to do this. And that he kind of flew off the handle and was like, look, there's no big deal to it. I'll do it. And took his clothes off, which is a different angle kind of on how he's telling it. Uh, So I don't know what actually happened, but I think it is fairly confirmed that yes, he was naked while, while they shot uh, the scene. I I would think it's probably more that because I mean, before anyone signed a contract, it would be like, Hey, you're shooting the, you know, so, so I would think every, but maybe they were a little just nervous and he was like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll do this too." And right. It'll, yeah. I've heard of directors doing things like that. Um, what a strange is, working which, environment, huh? Which I get. I mean, yeah. <laughs> is, assuming it is the the nicer way you put it, <laughs> right? That's. I find that nice. Yeah, yeah. And I don't disagree with him uh, about yeah. his his views on the strange difference no, between violence and it nudity. It does not shock me that that dude has no issue being like naked around people. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the comment section. I want to know. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to pull a comment from the different various places that you interact with us uh, that we appreciate it. I kind of pulled a Danae uh, this week, and I have several comments. Um, go for it. <laughs> so I'll go first. Uh, eat it, Joe's. Uh, or maybe I should go last, right? I should go last just in case you guys have the same comments I do. I think that makes sense. Um, Danae, what's yours this week? Well... I don't have one. 
Jonathan, what's yours? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. I didn't, like, we had some really nice stuff on Twitter this week, and I kind of just assumed you guys were going to talk about that, so I didn't want to take it, but Danae already mentioned the okay, Austin no, this Green. this is literally my problem. I was like, okay, I've got some on Twitter that I like. I've got some on YouTube. Well, I, I'm I for- not... I'm going to assume I'm not going to go first, and I'll let them talk, and then I'll pick whatever Can one you, didn't get. Well, We're if, all doing the same thing today. I've got a bunch. I'll just go, guys. Listen, I'll just no, go. No I, no, I have a comment. Okay, I have a comment. All right, all right. I, no, I was not saying I didn't have a comment. I just wanted to, but I did want to mention that we got that really, really nice review. And I cannot remember what that person said. Oh, my God. Yes. So Can we talk about that? that sure. Luke? Absolutely. Yes. I would love to do that. I was I didn't know if it was going to be too long. Well, I mean, we don't have to read the whole We're going to read the entire We're thing. not reading the entire just read, review. Just read the part about you. That's what you want to <laughs> yes, talk about. Just read the sentence it's where seven, it's like, hey, Danae is obviously the best thing hey, about this show. We got this really nice review. It did say Danae was the best thing about the show. We don't, I was the we only don't disagree. person he wanted to hang out with, though. Just make that that's very true. clear. That's, that's true. That's true. I'm just, I'm I, just the I dad. I felt bad apparently. I didn't drink beer anymore. But uh. No, it was a really great review. I loved that so much because it was... Um, to me, very evident that like it, the show grew on him mm-hmm. as time went on and it helps him through hard times and laughter. And just that's what we're trying to, yeah. to make sure we're doing is create a show you guys love to listen to. I love that he said that he could hear us talk about anything for hours. And we we do hear that um, from you guys a lot. And it just it means so much to us. And so now with that in mind, we're going to talk about well, our favorite types of lighting for the next uh, hour or so. That's right. Uh, if you want to follow him, it's at lost underscore movies, and his website is lostinmovies.watch. Yeah, thanks for the nice review. Um, Jonathan, what are you going to use as your uh, comment then if oh, you're not going um, with that? I had just one from Ready or Not. Uh, this was um, Libby Williams, and um, they wrote, you know the Sins video is going to be good when Jeremy starts singing, and then they wrote singing with a question mark. <laughs> And I agree. Nice. We as much as we can get Jeremy to sing, we we go for it. It's absolutely, fun. absolutely. Danae, uh, I don't know what the hand motions mean. Uh, <laughs> like that's a weird wrap up. Well, I just feel like so the comment that I want to pull from is from um, our YouTube channel for BTS. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, I've mentioned this person multiple times. Um, but it's he, the great question from Target Studios. You. We got it. They're paying you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm getting I'm getting some tips on my coffee website or my Ko-Fi website, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I have a question. Did you guys watch much CinemaSins before you started working there? And what was your opinion of it at first? Mm. And if not, what was your first experience well, seeing it? And your opinion then? Mine's pretty simple. I mean, I was already. Um, I, I they they I was informed that it was happening because I'm really good. For, I was already really good friends with Chris and Barrett, and I knew Jeremy obviously as well. I just didn't know him as well. Um, so I watched it pretty much, I think, second or third video. And I mean, my opinion was biased, but I yeah. still feel like I genuinely loved it. <laughs> you know, one of the fun things about my now legendary story of yeah. how I discovered the, 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 the Sins video, which is that I told Jeremy, who's a great friend of mine, have you have you seen this new uh, Sins video? This would be something you'd love. And he's like, dude, that's my voice. Um <laughs> 
So that's, that's how I was introduced. Uh, but one of the good things about that story is the fact that I did get a chance to experience it before I realized it was Jeremy. Like I, and I, yeah. I know how much I enjoyed it. I know how much I loved it. So I am biased, of course, because Jeremy and I are great, are, are great friends, but I do remember thinking, oh, this is a really fun concept to, uh, to make a video slash, uh, a lot of jokes about what every movie lover does, which is to nitpick, you know? Um, so yeah, I thought it was really fun. Um, absolutely. So yeah. Um, my introduction was through Aaron. We were doing Sif Pop podcast slash Shoe the Dough podcast at the time on a regular basis. And so at that time he was like, hey, I've got this friend who has this video on YouTube that went viral. And I think I watched one or two at the very beginning, but because I don't watch a lot of movies, I didn't really go back to it. So I don't remember my first opinions except for it being cool. Your friend's doing something cool. That's neat. You know? Well, it's Um, interesting to hear you tell that story. Uh, you do realize we had done movie reviews with Jeremy right. before before CinemaSins became a thing. No, I didn't remember that, but now I do. So excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember Jeremy coming on and talking with us on the Sif Pop segment when it was on Shoe the Dough as, mm-hmm. a, as a segment instead of yeah. its own podcast. Yep. And um, it was just, this is my friend Jeremy and he loves movies. So and it um, happened soon after that. Like it was that summer of 2012 yeah. when we were doing mm-hmm. that with Jeremy. And then I think uh, CinemaSins happened later that fall of 2012. I believe if my timing, my timeline is correct. That so, sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think just because I don't really like dig in the same way, um, it's not something that I went to to watch every single ep- like every single release because I haven't seen so many. And before starting this job, I also don't like to be spoiled on things, even though I don't watch things. So <laughs> I I wouldn't have watched these yeah. videos because there's a chance that it would ruin yeah. something for me if I wanted to watch it later. And I do run into that now, but I've kind of just had to let it go. It's nature of my job now, in a way. Um, my no, opinion I'm the of same it, way. My I, opinion actually... of it, I think, would be different if I didn't know the guys as well as I do mm-hmm. also. Jumping into CinemaSins from a fan base as a you know as a writer and kind of just jumping straight into the center of it, I feel is a little bit different than trying to understand the channel in a, in a more uh, natural kind of progression way, where maybe someone finds one that they really like on YouTube and then they continue to watch them and really love them, and then then like the fan base grows and you join the Discord and you get involved in our fan base. Um, I didn't have that experience. I just jumped straight into the center of it and it's been wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I have a couple comments from the, uh, well, first I wanted to mention this one from, I think it was the music video sins. We've talked about it before. This is a great example of it. Uh, Ray Wastikin says, how in the ever loving sin gods are there comments from 19 and 18 hours ago when this was posted a few minutes ago, this is on a video with the ad that says, <laughs> have you ever wondered <laughs> why there are comments from a, from Oof. long ago? So wow. I wanted to mention that one. It was It's one of my favorite things. Uh, no judgment whatsoever. I just think it's so funny how humans do that. Uh, they, these, these come from WandaVision. And I think I'm really going to love the comment section. Um, and I don't mean this section of the I podcast, was... I mean of the WandaVision videos because of how much like people catch different things and think about different theories and that kind of stuff. But Edith Joe said, uh, was talking about June 2nd, um, when she says, you know, I could call, mm-hmm. he 
you know, if I named his beer June 2nd, maybe he'd remember our anniversary kind of thing. And uh, Edith Joe says, June 2nd is when the witch trials happened in our world. And Agatha oh, wow. keeps mentioning Ralph, her husband, as the devil. Um, and oh, there's neat. some there's some really and oh, I can't do this because it's it's episode four stuff. But there's there's an episode four thing that that plays into some thoughts I'm having about, I think this may be a really smart observation about Agatha and her husband. Well, and somebody, somebody wrote an article recently. God, I think it's, I don't want to say the wrong person. I yeah. think it's Richard Nolby, who I follow on Twitter. I think that's who wrote it. I apologize if it's somebody else, but um, somebody wrote an article uh, uh, theorizing that Mephisto is going to be the next uh, mm-hmm. like big bad, mm-hmm. like yeah. the next Thanos, which that would fall in line, obviously, with the devil. The devil, yeah. And I mean, Lucifer Lucifer is an actual, you know, villain. Um, well, yeah, so. every Christian knows that. I mean, I'm talking <laughs> about in the comics. Oh. <laughs> and then the other one I wanted to mention were the lines, they quoted the lines, my wife and her flying saucers. And then she says, my husband in his indestructible head. And somebody said, do you think that line was meant to remind us the last time we saw Vision and how his head proved to be very destructible and i hadn't even thought about that that is absolutely a reference yeah yeah. to that and it just flew right over my head um and so because your head is wait no destructible it's it's destructible destructible so wait was is that indicating that he would have survived or that she's having a hard time because she is the one that destroyed it and she doesn't want that to be true yes bingo yes bingo um and i think wait a second and does that mean the vision's dead Oh no! I, listen, I. Oh no! I, I. No 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 no! I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready. But wait! But we know Vision's dead. We saw no, it no, in Endgame. No no no! But Endgame. everything like, is undone in Marvel. Everything is undone in comics. <laughs> everything is undone in comics. There's always alternate timelines. There's always a way. Hold on a second. Oh shit! I'm not ready. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Not ready. <laughs> I'm I'm so very sorry. Uh, this is why you should never watch anything. <laughs> you have to feel emotions and stuff. Feel shit. Oh, Anyhow, no. I'm really, really going to love. Now I don't want to watch the show anymore. Well, you do. You know you do. I have to because yep. it's my job. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we are we are doing an instance, and we're not going to stop just because I don't want Vision to be dead. <laughs> Let's move on to Beyond the Sins to Infinity and Beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Let's chat about something else from the world of pop culture that we've seen recently. I want to start, and it was something we mentioned in the last show uh, that I wanted to bring up because I think, Danae, you talked about Burrowed uh, for your Beyond the Sins or Burrow or whichever it is, mm-hmm. which is the um, Pixar short uh, yep. that is, they're called Spark Shorts that are on Disney+. Plus. And then Jonathan, uh, we had mentioned the, the Pixar Popcorn. Uh, mm-hmm. that they just released. Mm-hmm. And so I checked those out. There are 10 episodes. Oh, cool. uh, I will say as a matter of um, something I wish I had known when I started watching these, there is a quote unquote 11th episode that is just all of them strung together. I wish I had known that because I would have just mm. played that rather than you know having to click uh, through all 10 of them. These are very short. Like these, uh, you know, like you think Pixar shorts are short. These are like you know, short, short. almost commercial length, right? Like they're like 60 seconds, maybe 120 seconds, that kind of thing. And it also is worth mentioning to temper your expectations that they are, with one exception, which are the ones I enjoyed the most, are without voice talent. They're very much, um, 
you know, there's a lot of uh, physical comedy, miming, that kind of stuff, because they didn't get like, you know, uh, Tim Allen to come voice in you know, Buzz Lightyear or yeah. Ellen DeGeneres to do some more lines for Dory. So you're going back into these movies for these little vignettes, but they're very almost silent film ish in that way. They're not silent, but the idea is it's all, it's a lot about the actions. Um, that really impacts my ability to invest in them. I didn't really like these. Uh, they were, huh. they were cute enough, funny enough. And I guess if you're throwing them on, you know, to watch with your kid, you're, you know, you're going to maybe smile a few times, but they really lose a lot when they're handcuffed in that way, because hmm. you know, these characters and right. in this scene, even though it's 60 seconds to a minute in, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes, whatever, you know Buzz Lightyear's character is going to be saying things. He's a smart aleck. He's going to be interacting and like, you know, he and he just doesn't. And so it's it becomes strange and off-putting like and we're in a distraction um yeah. that nobody's talking. And the two where they are talking, it's um Key and Peel characters from Toy Story 3, uh Bunny and and Duck, yeah. Ducky. Um those were my favorite ones and not coincidentally, those are the ones where there's actual um, you know, word spoken so uh i would give that warning i didn't really enjoy these but i mean you know they could be pleasant you know just something to throw on for a few minutes and and you know watch with your kid or something but um i always a little disappointing to hear though i know what you're saying that's not, that sucks yeah no and and i think it's you know it's valuable for me to not like something pixar and for people to know that 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 can that, occasionally happen <laughs> <laughs> When you're watching a Pixar movie or whatever, you're comparing it to other Pixar. You're not, right. you know, I right. mean, and you, it's hard not to, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, because it's built up such a brand and such a, it has so many like Stone Cold classics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, so. and, and it's not to say they're not clever. They just didn't yeah. quite work for me. I, I, I actually really enjoyed the, the, the Luxo Jr. You know how he hops on the eye before every, you know, there's a different version he does in each of these Pixar popcorns oh. that's clever and funny and it's just kind of cool. cute. I like that more because Luxo Jr. doesn't have a voice, right? Like, so it's what I expect from from him. But yeah, anyhow. So there, there you go. Pixar popcorn. Jonathan, what about you? Um, I watched, We oddly enough, although I don't think we mentioned it by name in the outtakes, but a response or you or I had came up in there. But I, I was asking you about the kid detective. Oh, yeah. Last week. So I watched that. Um, so The Kid Detective is a movie from 2020. And I feel like with a lot of movies from 2020, word of mouth is the only way people are going to even know they exist. Because yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird year, right? Yeah. Uh, there's just so many movies I even still haven't seen. I'm just I'm discovering this, trying to you know watch these uh, that I haven't seen. But anyway, so this is a movie from 2020. Um, Adam Brody plays a... I think he's supposed to be like 32. He's like early 30s, but... He is a former uh, kid detective, I guess. He's kind of like a like a Nancy Drew or Encyclopedia Brown. Mm -hmm. When he was a kid, he he solved a couple of mysteries that kind of made him like he got him some notoriety in the town, and uh, even to the point where the the mayor they bought him office space and um, uh, let him like have a have a career doing that. And and now he's in his thirties. Um, he is still doing that, but he's basically still doing like the kid stuff. Like he's just, um, oh, I should say real quick, I guess this isn't spoiling anything. One thing that happens when he's a kid is a, a girl in the town goes missing and everybody kind of puts pressure on him to find her, even though he's a freaking kid. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of, I guess, fucks with him because he never does find her. And so now it goes to, he's an adult. Uh, this is a movie where I think showing him, showing past actually does work. I will <laughs> it's say. It's important. 
It's valuable. It is yeah. important in this one. But anyway, so now as an adult, he is um, still just kind of meandering through life. And every now and then he'll get hired to like find a cat or something. But then a student at the local high school gets murdered. And the kid, the boy's girlfriend actually hires him to find out who did it. So he gets like his first, I guess, adult case. Um, Adam Brody is outstanding in this movie. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen a movie with where he's the lead. I'm not because he's in hmm. Ready or Not. Yes, uh, he is. Yeah, he's very good in Ready or Not. He was obviously he was Seth Cohen on the OC. Uh, he was in Jennifer's Body, which uh, Danae and uh, Barrett sent pretty recently. Um, he's a very fun actor, but I've never seen him in a performance like this. He's, um, I don't really know, even know what to compare it to one movie. It did kind of make me think of, even though they're, they're different, but, uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow, which was another 2020 movie, uh, the two lead characters, the Adam Brody character and the lead character in that just were kind of similar and like the way they went about life and, um, just kind of their attitude. And I don't really know how to, I don't know what it is about this type of character, but I really enjoy it. It's kind of like one of those things where like 99% of the time, they're probably the smartest person in the room and they really don't know how to deal with that. It's not like Sheldon Cooper on big bang theory. You know, it's not like showing people up. It's more like being uncomfortable with the fact that everybody else is kind of like an idiot to you because, (laughs) because you know more than them. Right, and uh, it creates this interesting like care- dynamic it, it, that I just find fascinating, and also just the tone of this movie is really cool. If if you just want to see a good murder mystery, it's not a bad mystery. Like that's pretty cool. But but the reason it becomes like a great movie, in my opinion, is is mainly because of Adam Brody and just the the tone of the whole piece. Um, so I it's a high recommend. Yeah. It, it immediately jumped into my top five of 2020. High recommend. It's so nice. good. So good. That is uh, um, that is twenty bucks, I think. VOD uh, right now. Actually, I don't know. I think I just bought it for like because it was on Vudu for like ten bucks or something. Actually, I think yeah. you can just rent it now. Um, yeah, you can rent it. It's okay. like five dollars. Okay, I was thinking it was so still twenty it's not, bucks. I, I don't think it's on a. Um, it's not on a um, like a, streaming. a subscription streaming right. service yet. Yeah. But uh, you can rent it for like five bucks. Okay, it'll probably pop up on Hulu or something down the road. Nice, Danae. What do you got? I was going to tell another positive story that I found. um, I'm kidding. This one starting with um, something that I saw. Here's the bunny trail for how I got there. Instagram. Tadashi, who is someone I follow. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was Derek Minor. One of those two. They posted uh, a video clip from Jimmy Fallon and uh, said, go follow my friend Thad Cockrell. I don't know if you guys have been watching any of this, but essentially... Um, Jimmy Fallon was just at the start of the um, of the uh, lockdown and, and quarantining and everything. Um, the show was still being done, you know, at his house at that time. And he uh, had to go to the hardware store and he was walking to the hardware store and everything was just really kind of unknown and everything. And he heard this song. Ooh, nope, nope. That's the one we did earlier. OK, what's the song? <laughs> uh, no, it's one that, that kind of gets stuck in your head. And it's um, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging. And it just got into his head and he he opened up his app, Shazammed it to figure out who it was and called to get him on the show. Well, the artist's name is Thad Cockrell, T-H-A-D underscore C-O-C-K-R-E-L-L on Instagram. And when he called Thad, um, he was about to quit. He'd actually just submitted uh, a 
a letter to his, you know, group and to his manager and everything saying, okay, so we did this album. We were ready to go. Then the pandemic hit. We can't go anywhere. We can't promote the album. I've got to get a job. So I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to call it quits. And he had just submitted this letter and his manager, whomever it was called him and said, Hey, I'm reading your letter, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about how you're going to be on the tonight show. (laughs) (laughs) And so just single-handedly another one of those insane moments where he Mm -hmm. was literally like, I'm, I'm putting the, I'm going to go down swinging. I've gone down swinging as much as I can, but I got to go get a job guys. (laughs) So, um, and then because Jimmy heard it and it became his anthem during the pandemic where he was like, it just got into his head and he loved it. So it's a really cool story. And you can see all the videos of Jimmy Fallon talking about it and saying Thad's going to be on next week. And then Thad goes on, he does his performance and now he's like number one on iTunes charts right now and stuff. So it's just a cool story and it's actually a really, really good song and I highly recommend it. So that's what I wanted to talk about this week. Nice. Uh, Thad Cockrell, if you want to look it up and uh, check out kind of all that whole story. It's a cool story. It's a cool story. It's a good way to... to... Sorry I booed it. You were just like, (laughs) I'm going to tell a positive story. I was like, no, why would we want that? No positivity. Boo. (laughs) Negativity only. We all have to be angry, Danae. That's right. Don't you know? Don't you know that's what we're all about here is anger and destroying stuff? Aaron's so angry all the time. I do have to say... I, I am interested in um, the album and Thad's album because he talked about how on like one of his Instagram posts, how he couldn't have written the album if he hadn't have had influences from several different genres and, and, and artists that he's really enjoyed. And he just has a really cool sounding voice. The, um, the album is called If In Case You Feel The Same. And it came out in 2020. So like just... Neat bad timing for for one to come out but at the same time now it's getting a lot of attention and people are really clinging on to it for a lot of the music that's just got the right it's got a good vibe he's got very a good cool. vibe so very cool well that's gonna wrap it up for behind the scenes this week don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well if you've got anything you want to send us you can mail it to us p.o box 881 republic missouri 65738 you can hang out with us on twitter i'm at aaron dicer she is at Denise says D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, a well-organized power strip, and myself, we will see you <laughs> next week. Happy Create a Vacuum Day! <laughs> Wait, what? Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. You know what? I'm just going to be late today. And you might think, well, how is that different than normal? Well, I'll tell you, it's not. Uh, uh, you're doing a Jeremy with your hat? Is that what this is? is am I pulling a Jeremy? I don't is know. Is wearing he- a beanie pulling a Jeremy? <laughs> I'm pretty sure worldwide that's how it's known. If my hair gets really goofy looking, I will wear a hat more often, but. My wife makes me get my hair cut like every six weeks. So, I mean, she doesn't make me. I mean, I don't think she would like, you know, divorce me or anything if I didn't get it. <laughs> but she she encourages me, which I like it, too, because once my hair gets to a certain point, I get really irritated with it. My my husband has hair preferences as well. You're talking about like, you know, she wouldn't divorce me, but like I 
I could go cut my hair in a specific way, but Justin would absolutely hate it. And I just, I don't know that it matters that much. Like he hates pixie cuts. So I could never like, like cut my hair super short and not have it be like me come home and him visibly be like, oh no. (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) He, He has told me many times, he's like, please, He's like, please don't, please don't give yourself a pixie cut. Please don't cut your hair. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I don't think there's any, I don't think that's bad to have like. I cannot complain about that. I have literally been like, please, God, Justin, please don't do that to your hair ever again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It it works both ways. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just so foreign to me. Like, I cannot imagine what. Jen would do that I'd be like don't ever do like she could come home Bob and I, I'd be like that's awesome that is so cool do you love it do you love it like I, I just I, don't yeah. think I don't think Justin would really like be upset would he I don't know maybe I don't know this is the man who every morning tweets out it's a good day for you to love everyone <laughs> that's right that's right he's awesome your husband is awesome let's let's be very clear it's interesting to me too because like I, Justin's seen pictures of me with pixie cut before and he he'll say, yeah, I just don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like that. I like you. You're beautiful. I love you. I don't like that. Help, help me understand. But that's not something people can help, right? Like, that's just something that people have built into them over time, that certain things are more attractive than others. I'm genuinely at a loss here. Like, obviously, I I have, like, a certain, like, attractive triggers, you know, I... I I have said before, I think no makeup is more attractive than makeup, right? Like that's right. That's a thing. But it's one of those things where like my brain does weird things. I'm just like, I just don't I don't understand the idea of, hmm, I don't think you look good this way. Like it just it doesn't it doesn't register with me. Yeah, it, it's funny. It's weird how some things can come across uh, <laughs> like um, I was recently told after wearing lipstick like that. And in a weird way, they're like, you look glamorous. <laughs> I'm like, I'm wearing lipstick. So sorry. <laughs> but it does hit you weird. It's like, I mean, I can see cool, that. Yeah. I guess. And my point was that we've never seen them any other way. Mm-hmm. Like I've now seen Aaron with dreads. He was not pulling that off. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You look like Christian Bale from Harsh Times, though. Jeremy was straight up. I, I couldn't think of what it was, but then when he said Harsh Times, I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah, that that hairstyle was one of my favorites to rock. Mm-hmm. The the I Everything would... shaved below, like, the crown. Yeah. So everything shaved below the crown, long hair on the crown, but then with a tight braid, like a dreadlock braid, and then, like, braids down the back. That was my favorite look of all time. I loved that so much. Cool. Um, I, You know, I had a conversation privately with someone just saying I would never do that again just because I, like, I've become aware of the idea of appropriation, the idea mm-hmm. of taking a look that is from a different culture and making it your own. And so, like, even if, even if internally – I know my heart is fine. I don't mean anything by it. I'm not trying to uh, downplay something or make fun of something or or anything like that. Um, I don't want to hurt anybody. And so, like, I would never do it again. But I really did love that look. Yeah, Jared Leto in Panic Room. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which was probably around that time, right? When you were mm-hmm. when you were sporting that. Yeah. 
Yeah. You were trying to be Jared Leto. That's, cool. uh, that's uh, my life's goal has always been <laughs> to be a little more Leto, you know? This is the thing, right? Who can explain physical attraction and why it works the way it does and, and what it's about? And that's what I'm saying is like, Justin, if, if his preference is so strong that he's like, I just, I would look at you every day and part of, and vomit a little bit in the back of my throat. <laughs> oh, come on. That's so mean. Now that <laughs> would be so bad. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I get what you're uh, saying. I totally understand what you're I saying. Why would I cut my hair that way? <laughs> You know, talking about all this also makes me realize my wife would probably like it if I did have more clear, like, attractions that she could play into. You know what I mean? Because she will ask me questions. Does my hair look better like this or like this? And I'm like, it's the same amazing you underneath. Like, it really doesn't. And she's like, no, tell me which you like better. I'm like, I really don't have a preference. <laughs> so. You know, I feel like a bad friend because I think everybody wants a friend like you, Aaron. But having a friend like you that's constantly encouraging is really exhausting. I know. I understand this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I say that to the extreme. It's not really exhausting. I'm I'm pushing into it for fun. But well, and Aaron's acting like having a preference is 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 rude, and I'm it's not because you're I'm not saying that like I disapprove of you doing something no, else. No, but that's you're the just thing. saying I prefer this over this. But I that's mean, the thing. I'm not acting. I'm not. I'm no. not. I'm not acting at all. I'm it's not impossible. Even if it's half a percent more, it is impossible not to have a preference. I then I am the impossible man. I no. genuinely don't have a preference which way it looks. She genuinely could come home bald, and I would be fine. Oh, no, I believe great. you. That's a totally like, different thing. But there's still. I don't know. I, I, I disagree. I, I have preferences, but it has nothing to do with the length of hair, color of hair, style of hair. Like that does not impact. No, of course, me. you don't care if she gets bald. Because like, what if you're, what if like, what if your uh, loved one gets cancer and you know right. has to have a mastectomy or something? Like, of course, you don't care about stuff like that. I mean, obviously, you don't because you want them to be healthy and stuff. That's a whole other thing, though. Right? No, I, I like, I, I genuinely don't have a preference uh, of even the mini most minuscule amount. Um, so if she chose to like put actual shit in her hair <laughs> i would be have like a, I, would I, have I love a, you all the same i would have a smell preference but uh but yeah you're so full no, of he shit. he would be <laughs> like literally you're full of shit right that's now. an interesting choice you are beautiful <laughs> yeah can we talk about it being shit yeah. Could it well, be mud? The, about how unhealthy that is <laughs> right yes maybe henna there are other there options. There are other ways to make your hair look like that without using actual excrement. <laughs> yeah. I do have to go back. I was teasing you. I love that you are an encouraging person. It has <laughs> changed my life for the better. Oh, thanks, Danae. No, yeah. you're a very that. nice person. I'm not complaining about you. I just don't believe you. <laughs> Cheers I, to my I best friend. I don't, I, but I mean, I believe you believe that about yourself. I just don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it comes down to is this. We are all different and we all have different preferences and there's nothing wrong with that. It comes from a very natural, normal place to have different, you know, preferences, attractions, you know, like different foods than other people like, like different appearances, different shapes of bodies than other people like to like, you know, and I think it's important and valuable to explore why. Like, is that a cultural thing? Is that have, you know, been built by our upbringing? Has that been built by our, you know, Western or Eastern mindset? Like, you know, uh, the time we live in, like those are valuable explorations uh, to kind of have internally ourselves, but it doesn't change the fact that we naturally have ways we're attracted 
uh, whether it be physically attracted or aesthetically attracted, which can be two different things to other human beings. Um, I just, for whatever reason, am the person that doesn't understand some of those distinctions. I just, I don't, I don't know if it's something again about how I was raised or whatever I've been through, but I, I, you know, I just don't, you know, the, the, I have body shape attractions. I know I have like different, you know, physical attraction, uh, attractions to different kind of body shapes. And that doesn't make any one body shape different than another or less valuable than another body shape. It just means personally from however I was raised, probably a lot culturally, uh, a lot of the media that I consumed, uh, I see certain things as, as beautiful shape wise, but that doesn't, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't translate to hair for me, I guess. <laughs> like it's just one of those things. So, yeah. I do want to say one more thing too. And that is that I do have to put, and this is something that I've had to work on my whole life. When people comment on my appearance, whether it's clothing choices, hair choices, makeup choices, or things I can't really control, all of the above, including body shape, which mm -hmm. people have commented on my body and my appearance my entire life. So it's something I've had to deal with my whole life. But um, I have had to develop a way to run a filter. Mm -hmm. So there's a filter that I run it through, which is I think what they're intending to say is this, and that is what I am accepting. But for a long mm -hmm. time, it struggled. It was like, if somebody would have said, oh yeah, you just don't look good or oh, I just don't like pixie cuts. It would be a, because I don't look good. So that took a long time. Mm -hmm. So I don't take it like that from Justin. I think it's just more like a, that's just not my preference. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And if we could avoid that, great. <laughs> Which again is fine. Cause I know it's from a filter of just preference. It's not him coming down on me at all. I think there right. is something true to what you're saying that we could all have a conversation about if people want to go into that deeper level. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if mm -hmm. I could just sit down with Justin and I've had this conversation with him in other ways too, but like you're kind of coming off like an accidental asshole here. So let's talk about the accidental part of it. Let's talk about what you actually can like hear yourself saying. And that's an, a lot of ways we do it with each other. We talk sure. back and forth in our relationship. But when it comes to that particular one, I don't, I don't know if he can help having a preference on it. Um, and if I was, if I was really adamant about it, He'd be like, sure, you can do whatever you want. It's just not a preference, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. some things yeah. are just you get used to, too. Like my wife, I, yeah. I, yes. I was saying something about getting LASIK, and, um, which I don't really want to do. But um, my wife said she would think it was weird if I didn't have glasses. She said, like, even if you did that, I'd probably have to go get, like, just some, like, glasses that did, were just fake. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause she's just so used, which is fine. And I like my glasses too. Like I said, I've made that joke that I feel like people, at least I get the impression that I'm like 2% smarter than what they <laughs> would think I am without them. And my goatee, I've thought about shaving it and she's just always like that. Would, I don't know. That'd be a little weird because <laughs> I've never not had a goatee. So yeah. Yeah. Around her. So it I get it that. would be weird, but she would be fine with either of those things. Right. It's the, just right. That's the foundation, right? The yeah. foundation is appearance never changes value. Like there's, there's nothing about when you look at somebody and have a preference reaction that changes the value of that human being. And we should speak out of that more than out of whatever that, you know, weird human thing we've got going on is right. So when we interact with people, we should, I believe, interact more out of the, you're valuable, you're a human being and just leave a appearance out of it what does that have to do with anything except our in you know our internal part right um because we just we don't know how that could Im impact somebody uh not that there aren't dickish men out there that do this and control what their what their girlfriends or uh wives do and say but most guys aren't like that and i think most guys would never 
you know, make comments because that's kind of societally. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm making sense. I I think you are. I think you are seeing change in culture, and I I and there is there is, albeit slowly, that change is is happening where people are starting to understand what their words are saying to people. But I I think culturally the uh, the male dominant bias of controlling women and dressing them up for themselves making them look a certain way hey you know um the uh waking up with you know no makeup on your face oh is this what i married joke you know like um all that kind of stuff is built so deeply into our culture for a reason because the patriarchy is real it has been a thing it is something that men have controlled women to look the way they want them to for a long time because they see them as sexual objects uh as things to desire ownership of um into control in their lives that is a very real thing are we seeing a shift in that i believe we are i believe there is a shift but uh i think it's still very very real if not again like racism if not an on an overt level on a very deeply ingrained bias level and that is that is why i think we have to be so careful especially as men how we talk to women about their appearance what they look like those kind of things yeah Hey, how about an outtakes that's all about one topic? How about that? That's fun. I don't think that that should be the case. I think that our outtakes should include the fact that I'm also watching somebody on Twitch make waffles. (laughs) Fair. It's in the outtakes now. (laughs) Great job, Danae. You put waffle making in there. Good job. He has a waffle maker and he puts googly eyes on everything. So he has googly eyes on his waffle maker. And but, but do the googly hun- eyes make those waffles more or less attractive? I think that is really the. Wow. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 